Hello and welcome here from Carmel High School. We are here tonight for the 2017 IHSAA Sectional 4 Championship as your Lafayette Jefferson Broncos sitting at 10-0 play against the number 10 Carmel Greyhounds who are 6-4 on the season. The Broncos trying to win their first sectional championship since 2002, which ironically was also against the, Car the Carmel Greyhounds. And joining me up here in the booth tonight is Mr. Sam Rumpsa. Thanks, Sam, for joining me this week. Very excited to be here at Carmel High School. It's a special night for the Broncos as they attempt to win, as you mentioned, Christian, their first sectional in 15 years. And it's against a very formidable opponent. But Jeff had a fantastic win last week that you were able to see in person against Westfield, against the defending 5A champions. Mm -hmm. and, a, and a thrilling, thrilling game against the Westfield Shamrocks. A touchdown was scored with just under three minutes left, and then it looked like Westfield was even going to uh, take take the kickoff back, and then yeah. a, a forced fumble, and Jeff was able to round the clock. So they beat the 5A champions last week in a team that ended the Broncos season each of the last two seasons. Now it's a little bit tough for an opponent. Yeah. The 6A champions sure. from last season and in the Carmel Greyhounds and, and, and the largest school in the state by far. And and, and, that, and all the challenges that that brings, but, but a very talented, a disciplined team, and a very deep team, especially on the lines where you've got multiple Division One talents uh, for the Carmel Greyhounds. It's quite the challenge for the Broncos tonight, but they're up to it behind Coach Pat Shanley. Yeah, the Broncos have they've played very well all season, and you know the the Broncos have you know played some you know very hard football, played some very tough football, and they you know play just they play their hearts out and have fun every single game and and you know coach Stanley this being his his uh dream job for you know being the head coach at Jeff and and you know he's he's this would be a huge step for the Broncos program to win this sectional championship tonight still a long way to go we've still got 48 minutes of football and maybe more before we can crown a sectional four champion in advance to the regionals which will be next Friday night in, in 6A, but let's talk about some of the main guys that'll, that'll that'll be the ones that decide this game. First for the Broncos, it's the weapons on the outside, led by senior quarterback Matthew Wilkerson. And Christian, it seems like he's just made better and better decisions all year long, whether in the read option or in the passing game. He's really the, the engine that, that plugs this offense forward. Yeah, he played well. Last week he made some key throws to to move the chains and, and keep drives alive against Westfield and and you know important thing he didn't didn't only had one turnover it was a it was a fumble um, later in the game just a, a bad decision that play but but did pretty well taking care of the ball last week against Westfield and that's going to be the big thing against Carmel this is a team that wants to run the ball a lot and and keep control of the clock so the Broncos are going to have to take care of the football. And, and that most importantly starts with Matthew Wilkerson over there at quarterback. And then you've got the thunder and lightning combination at running back, Marquise Munoz and Latrell Brown. Brown is the senior who had a 1,000-yard had season last year and has been such a such a main piece of his offense. But then you've got the sophomore, Marquise Munoz, has come in and has been very special as well. Latrell Brown started off last week's game and was just the third play from scrimmage, a 75-yard touchdown run, really set the tone for the night, had his third 100-yard game of his career in a second one in a row. So really setting the tone is, is important. And, and when, when the Broncos are really clicking on all cylinders, they, they've got the top offense in 6A mm -hmm. points-wise this season when, when they're clicking on all cylinders because they've got the passing game, with the mix of the short passes, 
and then the running game with those two running backs. Yeah, I know, and it, it worked very well last night. The last week, I'm sorry, the Broncos came out with a great game plan. They, you know, ran the ball very hard against Westfield, and then it opened, spread out the field, and opened up a lot of area for the Broncos to pass the ball well. And I think that made the job a lot easier for Matthew Wilkerson last week. And and the Broncos need to try to do that again this week. Try to, um, you know, it's going to be a lot tougher to run the ball hard like they usually do when you know you have a line as big as Carmel has and you know you know Jeff is going to be a little bit outsized on that line but you know, that's going to be have to be a goal for Broncos they're still going to have to run the ball hard they've had a lot of success the whole season running the ball and they're going to be, have to do that and also pass the ball well just to have a chance against this Carmel team. On the outside, of course, Jay Siegel, the 5'10 senior's main weapon. He had eight receptions for 100 yards last week in that win against Westfield. But they'll spread out to different receivers, Brian Jenkins and Bishop Johnson, both speedsters, on the outside. On the defensive side of the football, Cedric Wright Inlow led the North Central Conference in interceptions this season. Avery Walker, also a ball hawk in the secondary and safety. Each of those guys had a pick last week. There were two of the three turnovers, and the third was that fumble on the last kickoff of the game for the Westfield Shamrocks into Jeff territory. And with a good field goal kicker, it looked like the 27-24 uh, lead wasn't going to be enough because Westfield mm-hmm. was going to be in Jeff territory. And then yeah. all of a sudden from the back, somebody popped out the football. Jeff was able to dive on it uh, and, and run out the clock. But those guys are going to be tested along with the defensive front and obviously the linebackers as well. The whole defense will be tested. Britton Chandler, the middle linebacker, he's just a tackling machine. He will have to make a lot of tackles tonight, especially against this Carmel rushing attack, led by Kamari Hunt. He's rushed for 970, 920 yards on the season so far, eight touchdowns runs on the year. Dylan Downing is the fullback for this Carmel Greyhound team, which has just taken the field, and that's going to be the tough rushing attack. But they've also got a very, very experienced quarterback in senior Dick McDonald, who will get the start tonight, six foot one, 182 pounds. He was one of the top quarterbacks in all of 6A last year in leading the Greyhounds to a 6A championship. Yeah, it should be it should be a great matchup here for the Broncos tonight. And, you know, obviously Carmel has a great reputation for athletics in the state. They're very they, – they always go very deep in state tournaments in, in just about every single sport, it seems. And, and, you know, a lot of Jeff people I know are very excited about this matchup. You know, Jeff, you know, the – has the reputation of the biggest school in Lafayette and really can rep- represent the whole Lafayette community against the school that's arguably the best in all athletics and, and, for, and even football in the entire state. And it's the entire state, but possibly the Midwest region. I, yeah. They're one of the top athletic programs overall. I mean, it's just incredible. And when you've got over 5,000 students at high school, yeah. you're going to have a lot to choose from. But it's not just the, the sheer number of students that, that makes this current football program what it is. It's the coaching. It's the discipline. It's the, it's the youth program that, that has seen the excellence over the years, the, the state championships going back 2007, 2011, 2016, just, just the last three. So a, a dominant football program. On the outside, you've got Atticus Klaus, who is, uh, has 45 receptions for 618 yards and seven touchdowns. Jack Rodemel also has four touchdown receptions on the season. So it's going to be, like we mentioned, more ball control offense as the Broncos take the field to win their first sectional since 2002, waving that LJ flag as really a pretty good crowd made the trip up from Lafayette yeah. for this sectional four showdown 
as again against Carmel, they're six and four, number ten in Class Six A. Last week they took on a Noblesville team that was in the HCC, a team that Jeff used to play every year, and the Greyhounds were able to defeat the Noblesville Millers by a score twenty-five to seven, a game they controlled handily, even though they only won by eighteen. It doesn't look mm-hmm. that impressive, but when you, when you look at the scoring. Noseville didn't get on the board until the fourth quarter, and it, it, it was a dominating performance from start to finish. Kamari Hunt, with sixty-eight with a 68-yard touchdown run, he added a five-yard touchdown run as well. So he's really going to get want to get going early. On the defensive side of the ball, a name that I think college football fans will, will come to know very soon, Bo Robbins, the defensive end. He's just a junior, 6'4", 233 pounds. He wears number 41. I assume we'll be calling his name out quite a bit tonight. He's got... Offers from the likes of Michigan State, Indiana, Purdue is the second-ranked prospect in the state of Indiana for next year's class. But a lot of other guys on that defense that that we'll be calling out tonight, Joey Schmidt, a a three-star offensive linebacker. He's just a junior as well. He's been offered by Bowling Green from the MAC. 91 tackles, seven tackles for loss, and four fumble recoveries. That's just last year as a sophomore. Bo Robbins, uh, eight sacks so far this year. He had 11 last year. And then in the secondary, Nate Fry. Leader of the safeties, 48 tackles a year ago, along with Ben Leary. So, uh, a really strong defensive crew for uh, for Carmel is going to try to stop the high-powered Jeff offense. Yeah, it'll be a great challenge. You know, the, the Broncos offense, you know, they've, they've seen some pretty good defenses, but for certain, no defense that is as, even close to as good as this Carmel defense tonight. And it'll be very interesting to see how the Broncos offense responds to this challenge from this big, talented Carmel defense. As the captains meet at center field for Carmel, the captains, Matthew Wolf, the senior safety, Joey Schmidt, as we mentioned, the junior, and then lineman uh, Vance Rodebush, the 6'1 defensive lineman, 6'1 senior, and Zach Bowman on the offensive line, 6'1 as well. Broncos will be kicking to Carmel as they won the toss and deferred. The captains for the Broncos as we try to get the numbers there. I'm assuming Matthew Wilkerson is going to be out there. Uh, Matthew Wilkerson, one of the captains. Avery Walker, the senior, in on the defense. And then the other captain, Cedric Wright Inlow, also a member of the defense, and Jay Siegel. So we're about ready to go from Carmel High School on the north side of Carmel, Indiana, here in WJES out of Lafayette. We thank you for tuning in. As the sectional four final about to get underway in Class 6A of the IHSAA tournament, the Broncos and the Greyhounds. Carmel in their home blue uniforms with Yellow or gold numbers, gold helmets with a blue greyhound, white pants with Carmel written on the side. Broncos in their road white jersey, Jeff written across the front. Black numbers, red trim, black and red accents with the black helmet and the red Bronco. Back deep to return for Carmel. Looks like Atticus Klaus, the six-foot senior, along with number 84, Aiden Ellison, a sophomore wide receiver. Kicking for the Broncos. Nev Yakabaki, the 5'8", 200-pound senior, wearing number 47. 12 minutes on the scoreboard, and we are ready to go from Carmel High School. This is the exciting moment we've all been waiting for all week long. I know I've been excited for this game, and a lot of Bronco fans have been ready to go, and we are ready to kick off here from Carmel Stadium. Field turf, as it is in much of the state now, including... The Broncos home stadium, assuming the stadium here at Carmel Stadium. Yakabaki puts his right hand in the air, puts his right foot into the ball at the 40-yard line, it's an end-over-end kick. They'll be taken at the 14-yard line, taken to the center, and 
up the middle and tackled the 25 or the 26-yard line. And good tackle there by the Broncos by T.J. Brandenburg, the 5A linebacker, as that was Ellison on the return. Good hit there by, by Brandenburg on the tackle. And we'll see here what the Carmel offense wants to do here against this, this Jeff defense. You know, looking at their stats all week, we've discussed they, uh, you know, a run-heavy team and probably most likely looking to run the football a lot and run a lot of clock off against this Broncos defense. McDonald is the quarterback, the senior. Gabe Quigley had started a couple of games at quarterback as well. The sophomore did very well, but they're going with the senior in this sectional final. He's in the pistol formation, Kamari Hunt. The junior running back stands behind him. Broncos with four down linemen. A couple linebackers on the edge will be a handoff to the left side up the middle. And really nothing doing for Hunt. Just about a yard or two on the play, and a host of Broncos met him there. Yeah, that's a good thing. The, the Broncos have, you know, they, they have a lot of success on defense when everybody, you know, they have all 11 guys swarming to the football. I know they did it a lot last week. They were able to, at times, they gave up some big plays to Westfield, but most of the game they were able to, to you know, make great tackles and, and stop the Westfield offense at big points of the game. Downing the fullback. Stands in the practice quarterback who's in the pistol formation once again. Play fake. Now he's going to throw deep down the near sideline. Going up a one-handed catch attempt, but no good. It is incomplete. Jackson Rodimel, the intended receiver on the near sideline around the 50-yard line, as it was covered by Avery Walker and Cedric Cridenlow, the two stalwarts of the Broncos secondary. So now third down and eight. The Carmel offense faces, and they're going to want to watch out for Atticus Klaus as he comes. Looks like near side. He'll be in the slot. This is a big point already early in the game. The Broncos, most of their games this season, they like to get ahead early. So Three down line the snap stop here. comes McDonald. He looks to his right, looks all the way. Pump fake. Now he's going to step up and run with it. Shakes off one tackle, reaches forward, and he's going to be very close to the first down. I believe he did get it. Great play by the senior quarterback, Jake McDonald. And now they might measure for the first down. He pump fake. He's looking right all the way. Covered well by the Broncos. And then decided to tuck and run. Shook off an arm tackle from Kyle Wyatt, the defensive end. And they will measure for it. Up to the 37-yard line. That's where they need to get for the first down. And so they'll have to bring in the chain gang from the far sideline. Broncos had a little bit of pressure coming in from the outside, but the Carmel line was able to hold their blocks and, and keep them out and open up a, a running hole right up the middle for McDonald. And he just took off right up that hole for the first down. And it's going to be extremely close. It is just inches, so it will be fourth down at the 37-yard line. I think Carmel fans want their team to go for it, but Coach uh, John Hebert will send his punt unit out. But the Broncos do have to be mindful of a potential fake here, but they they don't want to be put in bad field position. As I don't think Actually, they did bring in a different... No punter in, so yep. McDonald will go under center. I saw the change in personnel, but that was just a big unit to come in. As McDonald will go under center, it is fourth and truly inches. you got to think a quarterback sneak would do the job here. McDonald goes under center and will push forward, and he'll have the first down by a yard. A little bit of a gutsy decision there to go for it in their own territory, but they were able to get it easily behind the big center. Yeah, tough, tough John to make a stop on that play. You really have to, you know, get inside very easily as close as it was. But 
Carl able to easily get the first down with the quarterback sneak. That was the right guard. Zach Bowman is the center. Either way, a first down and 10 at the 38-yard line. McDonald in the shotgun. Hunt to his left, a couple steps behind him. He'll take the handoff up the middle. He's got a big hole. Wide open. 40, 35, 30. And he is going to go into the end zone. Touchdown, Carmel. It's a great job by the Carmel offensive line. They just opened up a hole right there. And Hunt, with his great speed, just attacked that hole. And, and none of the Broncos were really able to even get close on the touchdown run. Once he got into the secondary, he was gone. It looked like Cedric right Hidlow may be able to catch up to him from the right. But he was mindful of that and started to veer towards the left. As it's a 62-yard touchdown run, a minute and 33 seconds into the game, the first play after Carmel converted a fourth down in inches in their own territory. On to kick the extra point, Matt Fortier. McDonald, the holder, and the kick is good as it bounces off the scoreboard. 27 remaining in the first quarter. Carmel takes an early lead at 7-0 after a 62-yard touchdown run. We'll take a 30-second break and be back to the Bronco football and WJES. Matt Fortier, who just put the extra point through, on to kick off. Back deep for the Broncos is number seven, Bishop Johnson, one of the backup quarterbacks and a starting receiver. A 62-yard touchdown run by Kamari Hunt. Really unfortunate for the Broncos, who had McDonald. They had the coverage on third down and long, let him break a tackle, got the, got the fourth and inches. They were able to convert the fourth down, and the very next play goes for seven or goes for six, the extra point good. So just a minute, 33 in. Fortier puts his right foot into it. It's a high end over end kick. He'll be taking the two-yard line, Johnson. He'll come to the near side, has a blocker. He's to the 25. Going down the sideline, coming near side, 30. He beats the kicker, 40, 45, and puts that a bound into Carmel territory. Great field position for the Lafayette Jeff Broncos. Well, that was great blocking there on the kickoff. They had a couple of deep kickoff returns last week, and the Broncos able to do the same here on the opening uh, not the opening return, but the first return for the Broncos. And Bishop Johnson able to get enough running room to get across midfield and to the Carmel 46-yard line. Zach Linville, the senior linebacker on the stop for the Greyhounds. So into Carmel territory already. 10-20 or 10-18 remaining in the first quarter. Here's from Carmel High School. The Greyhounds lead the Broncos 7-0. Matthew Wilkerson, senior quarterback. He'll have two receivers to the right, two to the left. And in the backfield, Marquise Munoz to his left. Takes a snap, and a handoff will go to Munoz up the gut. He's got a few yards and pushes forward up to the 38-yard line. It's going to be close to the first down. Good push by the deep, or by the, by the offensive line. That was a good run there. You know, people think, you know, when you run the – you always got to get a great big play in football. But, you know, when you're a running team, you know, three or four yards is a great run. Back to the – up the middle with Munoz. This time, not as much. And they'll be faced with a – Third down and short on the tackle, Ben Leary, the senior linebacker. 
same same run play, just Munoz up the middle, but nothing doing that time. Wilkinson receives the play call from his sideline. Carmel fans with their noise makers on their feet. Trip bunch to the right side near the Broncos sideline. One receiver near side is Brian Jenkins. Now a man in motion coming across the formation of Zion Austin who will line up in three-man, three-point stance to the right of the formation. Munoz in the backfield. Wilkerson trying to get Carmel to jump offside. The snap is to Munoz, and he pushes forward, dives ahead, and he'll get the first down. Good good job there by, by Munoz. It looked like the play was set up to go up the middle, but not much room out there, and Munoz took a little jump cut and was able to get across for the first down. Wilkerson back in the shotgun formation into the game is the other running back with Trell Brown. Then they'll throw quickly a screen pass, and that is Johnson, and he's able to get a couple yards on a little bubble screen. That's a staple of the Broncos' offense is just those quick passes that get your receivers out in space. Well, that was what, what the Broncos did a lot last week. A lot of the passing that they did, they were a lot of short passes, and they were able to, you know, com- Wilkerson was able to be efficient, complete them, and keep the ball moving. Second down and eight at the Carmel 31-yard line. Wilkerson takes a snap. He's going to keep it, throws a quick slant across the middle. It's complete. Breaks one tackle and down to the 13-yard line is number 85 for the Broncos, Jay Siegel, their leading receiver. He had 100 yards last week on eight catches, and his first one goes for 18 yards and a big first down. That was a great route there by Siegel. A lot of open space right there in the middle of the field, and Wilkerson threw a strike right Wilkerson on the right back on the line, and he'll hand it off. Coming near side is Munya, or excuse me, Brown, and he is dragged down for a loss of about one. That's Nate Fry, the junior safety coming in from the secondary. That'll bring up second down and 11 for the Broncos, trailing 7 nothing, 8-10 here in the first quarter. Brown just wasn't enough, able to get enough space on there, out there on the outside. So Munoz comes back in to his left of Wilkerson, and it's another quick slant, and it's going to be first down and goal down to the two-yard line, complete on the slant to Brian Jenkins, the 6-1 junior receiver. Broncos moving quickly, under eight minutes, trying to tie this ball game up. Wilkerson already back to the line. Two receivers to the right, Johnson in the slot, Siegel on the outside, Johnson to the left. And in the backfield is Munoz, so we're going to get a whistle before the snap. And a flag is down. I'm assuming it's going to be on the Broncos. It's going to be a false start. So that'll move it back to first and seven. And those penalties will really hurt you, especially when you're getting them at the two-yard line, moving back to the seven. Yeah, I think, you know, especially when you're playing a defense as good as Carmel, you don't want to give them any, you know, yardage back, you know, a defense as good as this. So... Crucial, could be a crucial penalty for the Broncos. Still in the backfield is Munoz. Now Austin goes out to the right. And it's going to be a quick bubble screen. Top to Siegel. He's running the wrong way. He'll get tackled the 10-yard line. Great coverage on the far side of the field by number 22, Nate Fry, once again. As Siegel caught that ball but didn't have any room. And they'll give him the 9-yard line. It's already second down and goal. So this time, on the far right hash, Wilkerson by himself in the shotgun. He's got four receivers to his left. Munoz, the near side. They might bring him in motion back into the backfield. We'll see. Siegel by himself on the far side as Carmel goes with three down linemen. Now Munoz will go into the backfield with the senior quarterback, Wilkerson, as they adjust the play. Eight on the play clock as we approach seven minutes remaining in the first half. Wilkerson out of the shotgun, takes the snap, and he's going to hand it off to Munoz. Up the middle, pushes forward. It'll be third down and goal from the two-yard line. 
Good job able to get into the linebackers and the secondary before the tackle was made. That was a great job by Munoz, able to find a little bit of space and able to push through and get five yards to make this a, a big third and goal at the three-yard line. Wilson in the shotgun to his left is Munoz, and Carmel brought the blitz. They completely bombarded the Bronco offensive line. Bo Robbins there first. It'll be fourth down to go up the five-yard line. They read that perfectly. I think if Wilkes had kept it, he might have had some room to the outside, but they absolutely knew that it was going to be run up the gut, and it did not work. Loss of two, fourth down and five. Yeah, just great penetration there by the Carmel defensive line. Broncos. As we said earlier, big, you know, they have a big size advantage over the Broncos, and they were just, there was nowhere to go. They're going to go for it. Wilkerson, Munoz to his left, three receivers to the left. Takes a snap, blitz coming. And he throws near side, flag down in the end zone. That's going to be pass interference. The intended receiver was Jay Siegel, incomplete, but looked like he was blanketed by Tommy Spratz just a little bit too early. And that's going to be a first down for the Broncos. Big, big penalty here. They haven't made the call officially yet, but this would be huge for the Broncos to get another chance. Yes, it is a passive interference and a big penalty. Another chance. Here for the Broncos. The Broncos did have a couple of field goals last week, but elected to go for the touchdown there. It ends up paying off because now they'll have first down and goal after the penalty. First down and goal for the two-yard line. Wilkerson with Munoz to his right, and he's going to take it back. Throws into the end zone. Touchdown, Broncos. Zion Austin into the flat wide open as they brought in the Carmel defense on the play fake. And Wilkerson throws a touchdown. We are an extra point away from being tied just over halfway into this first quarter. And that was a great play there on the on the play-action fake. The, Carmel, the whole Carmel defense just about fit on the fake. And Zion Austin was just wide open by himself in the end zone. And an easy throw for Matt Wilkerson for the touchdown. And as I said earlier, you know, the Broncos' offense does very well when they're able to run the ball and mix the run game and open up areas for the passing game, and just as they did on that play. And Broncos going at the two-point conversion, pushes forward. I think he's going to be in. The two-point conversion is good. Marquise Munoz on the direct snap, and the Broncos take the lead. It's 8-7. to seven. They had Elias Marquez, the freshman kicker, lined up, but the entire line was offset to the left side, and the direct snap went to Munoz. He was able to tunnel in behind the line, outstretch the football, just barely in to the north end zone here at Carmel High School. And with 5.53 left in the first quarter, look at this, the Broncos have the lead. God, the Broncos, have, they've done similar fake plays on the two point, on the extra point in, in different opening touchdowns um, in different games this season. And, you know, I, I kind of thought maybe they would pull something off. But then, you know, against a team like Carmel, that's pretty big risk to take. The Broncos, they took the risk. And they got the reward. So an 8-7 lead here early in the game for the Broncos with 5.53 to go here in the first quarter. An incredible kickoff on the kickoff return for the Broncos by Bishop Johnson set up that drive. They only had to go 48 yards or 46 yards, really. With the penalties, they end up going 48 yards. But the Broncos score and take the lead against the 10th-ranked Carmel Greyhounds. Winners of five straight sectional championships. The Broncos have not won one since 2002, and they've only won five in their entire history. But now Jeff kicking off. 
going to be Neff Yakabaki, or number 47, he's a senior. And back deep for turn, Aiden Ellison. And that's a winding kick that's going to bounce about the 10-yard line and go out of bounds. So Carmel will have good field position here, start their second drive. Well, just, you know, another rough penalty for the Broncos. And you know, after that big run by Hunt, you don't want to give Carmel any extra yards to deal with on an offense. So the Greyhounds will start at the 35-yard line for their second drive. Again, on their first drive, Broncos did a good job. They forced third down and eight, and then they had the receivers covered well. The quarterback, Jake McDonald, the senior, pump faked, and then tucked it and ran, broke one tackle, got to fourth down and clearly about two inches. Tumbles way forward for the first down, and then the very next play with a 62-yard touchdown run. So Hunt in the backfield once again, and that, that run did put him over 1,000 yards on the season. Or not, not quite, excuse me, sorry. He could go over 1,000 yards on this drive for the season. Four down linemen for the Broncos as McDonald will hand off to Hunt. He waits patiently in the backfield trying to find a hole, but the Broncos do a good job of wrapping him up and getting him down after just a gain of a couple. And some Broncos there, Seth Jones, along with Kevin Stewart on the tackle. Quickly back to the line on second down and seven. They'll give him three yards as Hunt stands about a yard and a half behind McDonald. And now Downing, the fullback, will go to the left. Two receivers to the left, Klaus in the slot. McDonald drops back. He's looking left. Pump fake, pressure coming. He's going to try to run again, and this time he's brought down. Great pursuit there by the Broncos' defense. It might not be a sack because he might have got about a half a yard, but either way, it's going to force another third down and long. Number 51, DeLeon Holmes, the senior defensive lineman on the tackle there for the Broncos, able to prevent the big run by McDonald as he had a lot of green after that, but DeLeon Holmes able to come up with the tackle to force the third and eight for the Greyhounds. McDonald the shotgun, three receivers to the right, including Klaus nearest him in the slot, Hunt to his right, takes a snap, drops back looking right, now he's going to go left, it's a shovel pass to Hunt who was wide open, had a bunch of space to the left, and he just could not hang on to it and drop the pass. And that probably would have been a touchdown, but it would have probably easily been a first down as they looked right the entire way and then went with the little shovel pass to the left, but Hunt bobbled it, and that brings up fourth down and eight as the Broncos look like they forced a punt after just two yards. A big, big stop here by the Broncos' defense, and and now, you know, we have a chance to get the ball back and, and add on to this lead with another solid offensive drive. 434 left in the first quarter. Broncos lead 8-7. Connor Coglin is the punter for the Greyhounds. The snap comes in, and he jogs to his right, and then it's up a wobbler. It's going to bounce up the 28-yard line. Broncos are going to just let it bounce, and it's going to be a great punt as Avery Walker lets that one bounce all the way down inside the 10-yard line to about the 9. Wow, what a punt. That's going to be a 54-yard punt, and the Broncos will take over deep in their own territory. Yeah, that was a, a rugby-style putt as he took off to his right and then just kicked it off and then able to get a big carnal bounce, nearly probably 10 yards on the bounce that started bouncing around the 20-yard line and, and it finally stopped around the 9-yard line. So going to be a, a long drive here for the Broncos. Broncos come out in their odd formation where they've got pretty much everybody in a line behind the center, but then they go into a shotgun. Wilkerson takes a snap, and he's going to 
keep it himself. Throws it quickly out into the flat, and that's going to be a fumble. Touchdown, Carpell. No, they call it complete. It looked like a backwards pass to Bishop Johnson, and some people in the press box are very upset about that. It did look like a backwards pass, and if so, it would have been a touchdown. Carmore covered in the end zone on the fumble, but they call it complete. A huge break for the Broncos. It becomes second down and 10. I think it, it was close to being a backwards pass, but I think from Wilkerson and where and Wilkerson initially was to when he took the snap, it would have been backwards. But I think since he rolled out, Bishop Johnson was just a little bit ahead of field from him. Takes a snap, fakes to the right. Now he's going to roll up to the left, moves the pocket, throws downfield, and it is incomplete and hidden for Bishop Johnson as he tried to make a sliding catch near the first down marker. A little bit of a dangerous pass. And that brings up third down and 10 as the Broncos trying to get out of the shadow of their own goalpost. If not, Carmel will likely have fantastic field position on their next drive. Big third down here as Munoz will stand to the right in the shotgun. Three receivers to the right. One near side towards the Carmel sideline as the Broncos move from right to left here in this first quarter. Low snap and Wilkerson corrals it. Rolls to the right. Has room. Now he's going to take off. He's not going to have room for the first down. Tackled by two defenders at about the 11-yard line. Gain of two, but not near enough for the first down. It'll be fourth down, and the Broncos left the punt. They'll get about three or four yards, but either way, still have to punt from about the 13 or 14-yard line. Not, not a great drive from the Broncos' offense. As you know, we had a chance to, you know, that, although that was a great punt by Carmel and put us in not very good field position, but we had a chance to add on to our lead, and now, you know, backed up. Almost to your own end zone. And the pressure comes, and Johnson will have to hurry to get this one off. It's a wobbling kick that's going to bounce and go into Bron- or Carmel territory. So really a pretty good punt, all things considered, as the punt returner was number 84. Aiden Ellison did not want to pick that up. As it bounced about the 45-yard line of the Broncos and into Carmel territory at the 47-yard line. It was a good, so good field position, but not as not as good as it could have been for the Greyhounds. I believe it was number five, Brian Jenkins, on the punt for the Broncos. And most of the season, the Broncos had had Matt Wilkerson out of the um, out of the pretty much shotgun snap punt the ball, but the last couple of weeks they've had Jenkins come out to make all the punts. So McDonald out once again in the pistol formation. Tamari Hunt stands. To the right, a couple of yards back from McDonald. They've got a big package in there, just two receivers on the play. The hand up, up the gut to Hunt, and he pushes forward for just a couple of yards. And it looked like the freshman Peyton Price, the big freshman, 6'1", 280, there in on the tackle. Good run there by the Broncos, as, as uh, or sorry, by the Greyhounds. They're able to push forward and get about gain of three on the play. Under three minutes to go here in this first half. Broncos lead 8-7. McDonald, the quarterback, tries to get the Broncos to jump off sides, but not successful in doing that. As he changes the play. Now Hunt behind him, directly behind him, three yards. Takes the snap. The handoff comes to the right. Now bounces it to the left, and will just go up the middle for a gain of about three yards. And the play is blown dead before he was fully down and he got dragged back a few yards by Bronco defender. That'll bring up third down and about four as the Greyhounds are into Bronco territory at the 47-yard line. Well, it would be huge for the Bronco defense to get a stop here 
They've done very well other than a big touchdown run. So if they could get a stop here on third down and get the ball back, that would be a great chance for the Broncos here in this game. McDonald with three receivers to the right, Hunt to his left. They've got to be careful of that shovel pass once again because if Hunt catches it this time, it's going to be a lot. And it looks like Carmel might have jumped a little bit early, but instead they'll go deep across the middle of the field, completely to Atticus Klaus as he went down to the ground with it, held on despite the defense for number 23, Garrett Price. That's the first down all the way down to the 21-yard line, a gain of 26, and Klaus just went up and got that one. The six-foot senior, very skilled in getting the ball there. First down and 10 to the 21. That was a great route by Klaus. He was able to run the post route and was able to get past Garrett Price to find some room, and McDonald made a great throw for the first down. First and 10 at the Brooker 21-yard line. As Hunt's going to get the handoff, and he is tripped up after a gain of one. These big plays, again, just hurting the Broncos' defense. They had to force the third down, but Greyhounds were able to get the conversion and get very deep into Bronco territory at the 20-yard line. Greyhounds looking to the sideline. Got Turnquist, their offensive coordinator. Uh, McDonald gives the play to his team. One receiver to the left, a tight end to the right, and two receivers, including Klaus, in the slot. Broncos moving their defensive line. They've got just three down linemen. McDonald takes a snap. He's going to throw quickly to the right. Complete to the 10-yard line and dragged out of bounds. That's number 87, Jackson Rodimel, and that's going to be close to the first down. And I don't think he's quite there yet. As they give him the 12-yard line, it'll be third down and short. And we'll see what Carmel tries to do here. 37.8 seconds left here in this first quarter from Carmel Stadium. Broncos lead 8-7. to seven. We'll see what the, the Greyhounds, who they give the ball to. They, they have Dylan Downing, the more big power rusher, and Kamari Hunt, the more speedy outside, you know, rusher. So Hunt and Downing hasn't had any carries so far. Hunt not today. in there. Downing is. He'll get the hand up at the middle, but he is met by Bronco defenders and pushed backwards. I'm not sure he got the first down. Great penetration there by the Broncos defense, able to pretty much immediately just just harass him and tackle, bring him down. Lee Sam right coming in from the secondary. The Read that play well. It's going to be fourth down. It says two on the scoreboard right now. I don't think it's quite two yards, but that will bring us. To the end of the first quarter, Carmel's going to face a fourth down and short deep in Bronco territory to start the second quarter as the Broncos lead in the sectional four final in Class 6A in the IHSA tournament. Broncos going for an 11-0 record and their first sectional championship in 15 years. 12 minutes back on the clock as the Greyhounds attempt to convert the fourth down. When we come back, we'll take a 30-second break. Actually, let's not do that. Let's uh, let's thank our sponsors. Christian, you want to go ahead and do that? This sports broadcast from Jeff 92 is made possible through generous financial help from the Jefferson High School Athletic Department with assistance from the following individuals, businesses, and organizations. Senator Ron Alting, Allure Dental, Club Newtone, the Golden Broncos, the Jeff Athletic Boosters, State Farm Group, Kirby Risk, Purdue Federal Credit Union, Franciscan Physician Network, Lafayette Orthopedic Clinic, the Mitchell Agency, Mayor Roswolski Murray Team, Hot Box Pizza, 
Representative Sheila Klinker, the athlete, Tilly, and Ivy Tech Community College. Jeff, 92, thanks all of our sponsors for their generous support. I'm Sam Rumpel with Christian Maggio bringing you sectional final football as the Broncos attempt to go to 11-0, and and it looks like the Greyhounds will attempt the field goal and they'll try to take the sure point and take the lead back from the Broncos. 8-7 to your score as we embark on the first play of the second quarter. McDonald is the holder. He's the senior quarterback. The Broncos need to be cognizant of a potential fake here. As Matt Portier, a junior quarterback and kicker, looks to put his right foot into it as the play clock starts. And we are ready for the second quarter. The snap, the hold, and the kick is no good. He missed it left. He pushed it to the left, and the Broncos have another stop. It is first and 10, Jeff, with 11.56 left in the second quarter. And there's some people here that are that are quite upset that the, or the Greyhounds weren't able to take the lead there. Yeah, I think, you know, not a very long field goal. I'm, I'm honestly pretty shocked that Carmel was not able to get that easily through. About a 29-yard attempt. It was, you know, more of a low kick, and and can't really see the angle. It's kind of hard to see where it, where it goes, you know, um, lined up with the goalposts from here. But we saw all the Broncos celebrating, so the Broncos have it first and 10. Man in motion, that's Brown, and he'll catch the screen pass from Wilkerson. He gets to the outside and cuts up for about seven yards as the Broncos start this drive at the 20-yard line. They'll now face second down and three about from the 27-yard line. The Broncos, they have now 59, as they'll give them eight yards, 59 total yards to Carmel's 117. A lot of that due to the great field position on their first drive. Wilkerson takes the snap a little bit low. He's going to throw it, and that probably could have been intercepted incomplete through the hands of Number seven for the Broncos, Bishop Johnson. Got a flag back near where Wilkerson threw it. Risky throw. So we'll there see. Wilkerson. A lot of greyhounds there on the coverage. Broncos don't seem to be moving forward. They, they might have to move back here. Not sure what the penalty could be, unless it was maybe either holding or an eligible man downfield. Yes. As the Broncos on the screen pass trying to get an advantage. It, it seemed like a late flag though, and. Really, when you, when you see a flag in that area, usually it's going to be roughing the passer if it's after the play. So yeah. they'll mark that one back, and it'll, I believe, remain second down. The five-yard penalty will make it second down and seven. So back to the 23-yard line, 11-28 remaining in this first half. Broncos lead 8-7. to Scored a touchdown, then converted the two-point conversion. Wilkerson with a couple men in the backfield. Austin, who caught the touchdown in the three-point stance in the fullback spot. Not sure the running back, but whoever it is just took the ball up the gut for about three yards. Either Brown or Munoz. We'll see who emerges from the pile. I couldn't really see a number on him either. And it'll be Latrell Brown, number 22. Third and short, about three to four yards here for the Broncos. Carmel crowd to its feet with their noisemakers. Three receivers to the right. Wilkerson by himself in the backfield, but usually he'll shuffle somebody into the backfield. He does not. Instead, looks to the far side of the field. It's going to be complete to Bishop Johnson. One yard past the first down marker. Move the chains. First down Broncos. Yeah, good good route there by Bishop Johnson, able to do the quick hitch route for about five yards. Wilkerson was ready to deliver the throw right away and put it right on the mark to move the chains. Wilkerson sends Brown in motion to his right. Now they're going to throw a quick screen out. And that play was absolutely blown up. 
Carmel read that beautifully. Joey Schmidt, the three-star outside linebacker, takes it for a loss of five as he burst through the receiver trying to block and blew up the screen pass for a loss of five. They had a block on him, but Schmidt just blew right through him, and Munoz had nowhere to go on that play. Now a diamond to the left. That's four receivers on the far side as the ball's on the right half. One receiver near side. Wilkerson fakes the snap and now looks to the sideline with 12 on the play clock, 10-13 and counting on the game clock. Wilkerson by himself in the backfield, three-down lineman for Carmel. Takes a snap. He's looking right, and it is nearly intercepted. Tommy Spratt, the junior quarterback, had a couple of hands on it as Jay Siegel was not quite ready for it, and it's third and 15. Yeah, it looks like some miscommunication there on the play between Siegel and Wilkerson. Siegel was running straight up the field, and it looks like Wilkerson thought he was supposed to stop and turn around at that spot. But, you know, incomplete pass, and same, thing it wasn't an interception. Man. Same formation, Wilkerson takes a snap. He steps up in the pocket, which was quickly collapsing across the middle of the field, complete. First down, a big hit, but he holds on to the ball as Bishop Johnson into Carmel territory. That was a great throw right on the money in between just about three or four Carmel Greyhounds, and Bishop Johnson makes a great catch and holds on after this huge hit. So first and 10 at the Carmel 47-yard line. Greyhounds show blitz, handoff to the left to Munoz. He breaks from one tackle and pushes forward to the 40-yard line. That's a gain of seven. Good run there by Munoz. He always runs just really hard every single play. He just able to break through and, and get a, always able to get a couple extra yards every carry. He does not like to lose yards, that's for sure. Austin, the pullback to the left, more like an H-back, as the snap will go to Munoz, and he gets chopped down, loss of three, and they'll bring up another third down and long. Ben Leary on the tackle, and it looked like Wilkes on the read just held on to it maybe a little bit too long before handing it to Munoz, but that's what's going to happen when you've got all defenders. You know, if he held on to it, he would have lost yards too. So, yeah. tough play either way. Four receivers come near side, including Latrell Brown, nearest Wilkerson, who's by himself in the backfield. Three down line for Carmel. Wilkerson takes a snap, looking left all the way, throws downfield, and incomplete. That'll bring up fourth down, intended for Brian Jenkins, covered well, and he slipped anyway. So it's going to bring up fourth down, about six, from the Carmel 42-yard line, 43-yard line. And looks like they're going to bring in the punt team, try to push Carmel back deep. I think a wise decision here by the Broncos to put it away. You can pin the Greyhounds deep in their own territory and, and make it just a little bit easier on your defense. As John Jenkins, excuse me, waits for the punt. Good snap, and he... With a low wobbling kick, it's going to hit a Bronco at the 15-yard line, and that's going to go into the end zone. But it hit a Bronco down at the 15 anyway, so it would have been down either way. He wouldn't have been down at the one-yard line. So the beanie was thrown about the 13-yard line, and it looks like we'll bring it out to the 20. It hit Johnson at about the 15 and kept rolling. Johnson got his hands on it about at the one or two, but just couldn't hold on and it just he rolled into the end zone. So that is a touchback for the Greyhounds. A punt of 43 yards, net of 23 after it goes into the end zone. And Carmel will start on offense once again. 
for the fourth time tonight. For, with the exception of the big plays, a 26-yard pass, Atticus Cloud, and obviously the 62-yard run, the Jeff defense has really done a pretty good job. But as you wear on in the game, that, that's when it really becomes apparent, the, the depth. So Jeff needs to hold strong here and have strong offensive drives to keep their defense off the field. Four down linemen, McDonald in the pistol formation. Hunt will take the give up the gut, and he is met and pushed back by a Bronco defender. It looked like Xavier Dietrich. Whoever it was, it ended at number five. It might have been Britton Chandler. Probably Britton Chandler there on the tackle. That was a great tackle by Britton Chandler. He just lifted him up off his feet and just drove him back until the whistle blew. And great penetration there by Britton Chandler. No gain on the play. Second down and 10 from the 20 yard line. 8 16 remaining in the first half. Broncos lead the Carmel Greyhounds 8 7 in this sectional four final. Two receivers to the left. A full, an H-back as McDonald's in the shotgun, one receiver to the right. Hunt to his left and about a yard back, and it's going to be a quick screen pass complete to Ellison, and he'll get seven or eight yards. Push forward up to the 28-yard line of the tackle made by a couple Broncos, Garrett Price and Lee Sands. Let's bring up third down and short, about one yard. Carmel to keep this drive alive and ensure that their defense won't be put in bad field position. McDonald's. In the shotgun, he's got a H-back right in front of him, and then Hunt to his right. Two receivers to the left. He's going to throw quickly out to Klaus. Catch him at the 25, and is brought Great down. He didn't get the first down. Great tackle. I believe it was number 31, Cedric, right in low on the tackle. He was able to shed the block, and, and he had the Carmel receiver had nowhere to go. On the uh, after the reception, and I believe that the Greyhounds will punt. They are backed up at their own 29, and big stop there by the Jeff defense. They've done a great job the last few drives, and really this whole game, as you said, other than two big plays, which I mean, really it's been the whole season for the Broncos defense. Other than a couple big plays, they just pretty much shut down opposing offenses. Siegel back deep as the Greyhounds are trying to get a snap quickly as. That might have shown that it might have been a fake as the Broncos still get the first down on the field, but the Broncos wisely take their first time out of the half. 6.45 left here in this first half. It's fourth, a little bit less than a yard. I wouldn't think that there'd be any trickery here with with, the, with them so deep in their own territory at the 29-yard line, but you never know. If you feel like you get a good read off the punt, tell your punter, hey, if the block's there, shoot off the right side or shoot off the left side and try to get yourself first down. But uh, the Broncos wisely taking a timeout here. As they lead 8-7, let's recap the scoring for you. Carmel's first drive of the game. They had a fourth down in inches and were able to convert by a couple yards on a QB sneak. The very next play went for 62 yards from the junior running back, Kamari Hunt, as an offer from Central Michigan. you got to think after his performance this season and in the next season, those offers will start to flow in as he goes to camp and things like that. A very talented running back. Broncos came back the next drive, converted on a two-yard touchdown pass to Zion Austin with 5.53 left in the first quarter. They then converted the two-point conversion. Take the 8-7 late. One team back out, Connor Coughlin. Broncos need to be prepared for a fake. Yeah. I wouldn't, nobody would really expect Carmel to come out with one, but I have to be prepared as the Broncos need to take this chance to get the ball back and, and hopefully put some points up on the board for the offense. Jeff nearly jumped offside. That would have been brutal, but the punt is away, and it's caught at the 35-yard line, and a couple tackles broken, but then Avery Walker is brought down at the 37 or 38-yard line, very nearly a five-yard penalty on either encroachment or an offside penalty, but 
the punt away on the far sideline. Walker gets it, and the Broncos take back over. Yeah, it's a big point in the game. You know, 6.36 left in the first half, you know, getting close to halftime. And the Broncos, you know, would like to put up, put another score up and, and extend the lead here before halftime. At the 38-yard line, their own 38-yard line for the Broncos, three receivers to the right, one to the left. That one to the backfield goes Austin. The handoff, or no, Wilkes will keep it and throw the screen pass at the feet of Zion Austin. Not able to do anything. It'll be second down and 10. We're able to come up with a catch there on the play. Second down and 10 as Marquise Munoz will be the tail receiver in a diamond formation to the right, but now he'll come back into the backfield. He stands to Matthew Wilkerson's left on second down and 10. Takes the snap. Pump takes to the right. Now go to the left as the pass is incomplete. Dropped by Bishop Johnson. Would have only been a gain of about three or four. But still, you'd love to have that and, and have third down and six instead of third down and ten. Good job by Wilkerson to get it out early as the future college football defensive end, Bo Robbins, was barreling down on the Bronco quarterback. Third down and ten. And if you're the Bronco offense, you really want to have to give it back to your defense this quickly. Want to extend the drive here. Four receivers, make it three as Munoz comes in the backfield. He picks the jet sweep. Now a screen pass coming back to the near side. And Siegel is dropped after a gain of one on the middle tunnel screen. It'll be fourth down and eight. Broncos will like to have the punt. Yeah, just not able to come up with the big play on that drive for the Broncos. And, you know, last few drives, they've, they've been doing well because they've been getting just a few yards on every play. But, it's, you know, not able to get anything on this drive. And, and, you know, squander a big opportunity to extend the lead. And now you force your defense to get another stop before halftime. High snap. Jake is able to corral. It takes one step. And it's a pretty good punt, all things considering. Allison catching on the near side. He's got a lot of room. Bronco being held there. No flag. A Bronco defender was basically tackled. No flag down. And a good return by Ellison into Bronco territory at about the 48-yard line. Caught it with a bunch of room. Ellison caught the punt and really didn't have anyone near him. It was great punt uh, blocking for him. And Carmel able to get it across midfield to the 47-yard line of Jeff to start this drive with 5.42 to go here in the first half. Three receivers to the right. McDonald at the 47-yard line of the Broncos. Four down linemen. And the new running back is in that downing. And now a flag down and offside calling the defense. Encroachment, in fact, and the Broncos give up five more yards. Already down to the 42-yard line. Carmel without even snapping the ball. Gets five more yards. First down and five. McDonald with downing. Bad that, that was more like don't need just extra just giving them extra yards to start the drive. It's Will Schmidt instead of Downing, excuse me. Klaus comes in motion. He'll settle into the backfield. And fake now throws that into the flat, complete the Klaus. Flag down, and Klaus will stiff arm a defender and hit late out of bounds. I, th- I think that play will but be coming back for the Broncos. Broncos I, very lucky that Britton Chandler is not flagged for a late hit out of bounds. I saw instead of a First down and 10, a new first down and 10. It'll be, looks like holding. Yeah, it's a car moving backwards. I saw holding or blocking the back there on the outside. He was able to spring that one out. So it'll be coming back here 
unfortunately for the Broncos defense. A quick first half here. We say that in the last 534, the first half is going to drag on. Yeah. But only 46 minutes into this ball game, and we're already over halfway into the second quarter. Broncos lead 8-7, to seven, a two-point conversion, the difference on the touchdown. So back into Carmel territory. It's going to be first down and long at the 48-yard line. That's first and 29. Not quite that far, but still yeah. a long way to go. Well, About 15. 15. So McDonald will be in the backfield. Will Schmidt, the senior running back, getting the carries this drive. The man goes in motion. Three to the right, and the handoff will go to Schmidt off the right side. Breaks a couple tackles and gets back where the original line of scrimmage would have been. It'll be second down and ten. Carmel offensive line able to get some good blocks there on the on the Jeff defensive line and Schmidt with a nice carry and a little cut in there in the, in the middle of the run also and he was able to get across midfield back into Jeff territory to the 47 yard line. Second down and 10. McDonald, the senior quarterback, led the team to a state championship last year at Class 6A. He's got another senior to his left in Schmidt. He's going to throw his time. Those steps up, throws deep down the sideline. And a flag is down to be pass interference on the Broncos as Lee Sam's DB downfield will just get a little bit too handsy on number 87, Jackson Rodimel. Yeah, I think Sam's made a nice play on the ball there at the end, but I think just maybe grabbed the jersey a little bit and gave him a little shove while the ball was still in the air. So that's why they got the pass interference call and a big penalty there for the Broncos. Fresh headed down for Carmel on the second down and 10 is the work that interference might have gone for six. So unfortunate penalty, but it's not a touchdown. It goes down to the 32-yard line. First and 10, McDonald in the backfield. He gets the play from the sideline. Hakan Van Bainen, a 6'1", 207-pound fullback and tight end, lines up in the tight end spot. Klaus in the slot receiver to the right. Schmidt also to the right. There's nobody near side. McDonald, as the play clock starts, 440 in this first half remains. Broncos lead to 7. Waits for the snap. He gets it. Play fake quickly at the Klaus on the screen pass. He's got some room. Bounces to the outside. And we'll jog out of bounds, gain of five or six. That was a nice quick throw there by McDonald, able to get it to Klaus, who was able to to get a couple of blocks and get a few yards up the sidelines, about probably a gain of six on the play. So second and four here for the Greyhounds. And having not seen Carmel this season, their, their offenses are, are surprisingly similar. Yeah. It's a lot of short passes, get quick guys out in space, and, and runs up the middle on reads as McDonald has second down and four now inside the 26 in Bronco territory. McDonald, Schmidt the running back, takes the handoff up the gut, patient running, and he'll get three yards. It brings up third down and short except for we've got a flag, and it's going to be a sideline warning on the Broncos. And if it's the same in college, that won't be a penalty that's in his first play, but next time it will be a penalty. Uh, you were saying, you know, how Carmel offense and Jeff offense are very similar. And even, you know, with the Carmel offense, you've got the two-headed running back attack mm-hmm. with, with Downing, the big rusher. You know, with Jeff, we got Munoz, the more powered rusher, and 
and Carmel has Kamari Hunt, and we have Lachal Brown, the more speedy rushers. Haven't seen much of Downing tonight as Schmidt is the running back right now. On third down and one at the Bronco 23-yard line. Carmel trying to retake the lead. They trail 8-7, under four and a half in this first half. Schmidt catches it, pushes forward. Impressive run there by Schmidt to absorb the contact. He probably already had the first down, but drove the defender back for three or four more and gets the first down inside the red zone. First down, Carmel. That was just a powerful run there by Schmidt. Just... He took a Bronco defender there for about three or four yards, just ran right through him. And Carmel able to set up shop first and 10 at the 20. Broncos have held once in the red zone. Let's see if they can do it again. They lead eight to seven as the clock hits four minutes here in this first half here on WJEF. We thank you for tuning in, making us part of your Friday night. McDonald takes a snap, hands up on a dive play. Nothing doing. Nice tackle by Jacob Barron on the tackle. And no gain. Second down attempt, 19-yard line. That was a great job by Jacob Barron of getting getting inside the backfield and able to bring him down at the line of scrimmage. Carmel has controlled the ball for a lot of this first half. And you got to wonder if that's going to start to wear down the Bronco defense. Not as deep as this Carmel offense, as McDonald's in the shotgun, tied into the right, running back to his left in the slot receiver. And we've got a false start. Maybe yeah, second down to 15. There was some movement there for the Greyhounds, and, and that'll be that'll be a big help there to the Broncos' defense. Instead of a second and 10, the Greyhounds will have a second and 15. Just, you know, the Broncos will take any of those extra yards that they can have. And, you know, with Carmel missing the 29-yard field goal, you know, this makes it an even harder field goal for, and possibly puts Carmel out of field goal range. Still a long way to go, though. Still got a couple more downs for Carmel to gain and get close to that first down or, or try to break into the end zone. McDonald, now Klaus back in his usual slot formation to the left side. Takes a snap. He's looking left. Steps up, throws deep across the middle of the field. He's got a man. Touchdown, Greyhound. It is the sophomore. Aiden Ellison, the 5'6 receiver on a post route, wide open to the end zone as he catches it falling down. The Greyhounds are retaking the lead at 13-8, 2.53 left in the first half. Well, that was just a quick route. Aiden Ellison, very quick, was able to get, he was about three or four yards past the Broncos defender, and they just had no chance of making any play on the ball. And McDonald put the throw in the area, and Ellison was able to go and get it, and the Broncos take a third. They Greyhounds, I'm sorry, take a 13-8 lead. Fortier, the kicker in for the extra point. Missed the field goal earlier, but connects on his second extra point of the night. So, 2.53 left here in this first half, and the Greyhounds retake the lead. It's 14-8. And, Christian, when you're a 5-6 sophomore receiver, you really got to separate yourself to get on the field. But with that speed, he's able to do that in those hands, able to catch it falling into the end zone for the easy Carmel touchdown. That's why Aiden Nelson did able to get on the field so much. Yeah, that was just a great route. A smooth route, too. A very smooth post route. You just, and a, and a good design play there. They uh, Atticus Klaus, the number one receiver, going towards the outside. And I think the Broncos had more of their attention on him. And Ellison was just able to get open up the middle, get past the defender, and just pretty much wide open there for the touchdown. So the Broncos now will get the ball back under three minutes to go in the first half, and we've seen so many times them 
flip the field or, or flip the half or, or flip the score before the end of the half on quick drives as the Operation Football helicopter prepares to land to the north end of this Carmel football team. Dave Calabro and company will be joining us shortly here at Carmel High School. Carmel Stadium, just north of Carmel High School. 2.53 left in the first half. And Fortier will kick away to the Broncos. And the kick is in the air, taken by Bishop Johnson at the three-yard line. He goes to the left, tries to cut it up, and will get to the 22-yard line. Not nearly as good field position as the first kickoff of the night. 2.45 left on the clock here in the first half. The Broncos have plenty of time to get down the field. You know, not maybe in a little bit of a rush, but not too much in a rush here for the Broncos, but still with a chance to put it put points on the board. And also, you have to keep in mind, we received the kick to start the second half. So, you know, you know, don't have to get points up here, but it, w- it would be pretty nice for the Broncos to put up at least three or hopefully even seven or eight points on the board. Locust in the shotgun. He's got receiver back to both of his sides. Johnson catches the screen pass, but only able to get a yard or two. And then we've got a flag down right on the tackle as it was Joey Schmidt there. And that's either going to be a holding or a face mask, but I didn't see a face mask at all there as the, the flag was thrown right on the tackle. So you normally think face mask, but it looks like we might be moving it back here. They're talking to the Broncos. And that penalty is declined. It'll be second down and ten. Don't really understand too much why they would. Well, they that probably want to get the ball back as quick as possible and have their offense go down the field. They don't want to give the Buckers another first down to maybe run some more clock. So Carmel showing blitz here. Now they'll drop back into coverage. Wilkerson rolls out to his left, and Wilkerson launches it downfield, incomplete out of bounds. And really, Latrell Brown held his own there against Bo Robbins. He was able to eventually shake off the the pass uh, pass blocking and, and almost get to the quarterback, but. He held his own there and was able to give Wilkerson time. But now third down and 10, and what you really don't want to do if you're the Broncos is have a quick three and out and give Carmel two or more minutes. Yeah. As there's 228 on the board right now in the first half. Broncos lead, or Broncos trail, excuse me, 14 to 8. In the backfield is Latrell Brown, and we're going to get a whistle and a timeout for Jeff. Jeff will take their second timeout of the half and try to set up a play to at least get a first down and move the chains and then you're able to maybe run out the clock in this first half or keep going down the field. And see what Coach Sheldon and Coach Shanley will dial up here on the, on the play run for this third and ten. I think hopefully they can dial up a good play, find some open space, and keep the chains moving and, and keep the drive alive, hopefully with a chance to put some points on the board. So out of the timeout again, third down and ten. And we'll try to update you on more scores at halftime, but we'll give you one here in, in sectional. I'm not sure where sectional is. It's 5A. Kokomo leading McCutcheon at last update 20 to 7. That was at the end of the first quarter. So the Mavericks struggling against the Wildcats. And we'll get you, we'll try to get you updated on all of the 6A scores, or at least as many as we can. The Wildcats have previously beaten the Mavericks in the beginning of the season, but the Wildcats playing some good football. Came off the win against Harrison last week in, in that second, sectional championship in Lafayette. Out of the timeout, Wilkerson by himself in the shotgun on third and ten. Rolls out to his right, throws, 
And the pass is complete for the first down, a gain of about 12. Great catch off the pass from Wilkerson by Jay Siegel. First down, Broncos, 223 left in this first half, and they want to move quickly. That was a good route there by Siegel, able to quickly find some space. Wilkerson, again, delivered a nice throw, and the Broncos able to keep the chains moving. Four receivers to the right and a tight end to the left, or to the right as well. So Wilkerson will move the pocket, throws complete to Siegel, breaks one tackle, at least tries to shake one off, and then is brought down by Joey Schmidt. And that's going to be right near the first down marker. They're going to move the chains, another first down for the 45, just barely 10 yards. Jay Siegel playing some very solid football. As you said, last week it's stats, eight receptions for 100 yards. He's made some very big plays against Westfield, and he's made a couple big catches so far in this drive as the Broncos have the ball first and 10 with two minutes to go in the first half. Crowd starts to make some noise on the Carmel side as the Broncos with the 46, under two minutes to go. Wilkerson throws deep across the middle of the field, complete to Siegel. Uh, the ball nearly came out, but Siegel was able to take it down to the ground, and it's first and 10 into the Carmel, into Carmel territory at the 38-yard line. One minute and 50 seconds left in this first half. After a couple plays that didn't work, Broncos moving on three consecutive plays. That's three consecutive first downs down to the 38-yard line, all to Siegel. Wilkerson looks to his favorite target again before the play. He got four to the left. He's going to roll that way, and uh, obvious hold, but... I didn't see a flag thrown as the ball was thrown out of bounds. Bo Robbins was pretty clearly held. Broncos get lucky with a minute 36. Not only does the stock stop, but they don't lose 10 yards. Yeah, that was an obvious hold, and you're hearing a lot of boos from this Carmel crowd. With no call by the ref, and we'll keep going. Second and 10 for the Broncos at the Carmel 38-yard line. So Wilkerson, after three consecutive first downs, is now able to take a breath. He's got over 100 passing yards on the night at 107. Siegel by himself near side. Far side, there's four receivers. Wilkerson takes the snap. Steps up. Throws deep across the middle of the field. Complete first down. Jay Siegel once again. He has been so good on this drive. That was a great Four first down catches. Between three Carl defenders by Wilkerson. And just the Broncos moving very easily. I mean, in every play, Wilkerson to Jay Siegel. I mean, they're just... They're going to get tougher now. Very well here on this drive. And they're at the 23-yard line. The defense able to bunch up a little bit. Wilkerson rolls out to his left. He is sacked. Bo Robbins, there he is. He's going to be playing football on Saturdays. Before you know it, he's just a junior, but already offers from some Big Ten schools a massive loss. And now back to the 32-yard line, a loss of nine, and we're at one minute. He is just such a huge dude. And, I mean, the Broncos running back has been – done a pretty good job at keeping him in the pocket so far and just not able to hold up that, that play. Robbins now ends up on the other side. Wilkerson steps up, throws deep across the middle and incomplete. And there's a late hit and a good call there by the referee as the ball was already incomplete, intended for... I think it was Latrell Brown. Yeah, it looked, looked like Latrell Brown, but then coming on the hit was Will Padgett, the quarterback, and just laid the lumber... After the play was over, and Brown, you hate to see that, as he tries to get back to the sideline but then just falls down, and the trainers will have to attend to him because he took a really big lick, and it was after the play was over. You got to, I mean, if, if you're the Carmel defender, that's, that's a great hit if yeah. the ball is getting there right as you're making the hit. But you've got to be aware of where the ball is, and the ball was already in the end zone incomplete. Yeah, the throw was really not even close on the play, and, and you know, just a very – 
undisciplined decision there by Carmel. Rare to and, see. And puts the Broncos in, you know, you go back from after that sack, you know, you have his second and 16. Now the Broncos have it, you know, second and about probably three or four and, and a chance again at the 16-yard line. A little surprise this isn't a first down, but right now it's marked as a second down and four. It's, the clock is at 43 and three tenths as Brown was able to pop up and get off the field. I hope to see him back in soon. As Munoz comes in, second down and three. At the Carmel 16-yard line, Broncos trail 14-8. Wilkerson, pump fakes, quarterback draw, pushes forward, and I think he's going to get the first down just barely. Going to be close. They might even measure. 36 and three-tenths. That goes off seven seconds. Regardless, the Broncos are going to need to get up on the line because it's either going to be third down or, or the clock's going to run at the first down. So they will measure. They'll bring up the chains. And what the Broncos need to do here is, is have the play and get ready to go. They've only got one timeout left here in this first half, 36 and three-tenths. Been impressed by the fight of the Broncos so far tonight, Christian. Yeah, I think, you know, when you're going against a school, you know, as big as Carmel and that has the greatest reputation as Carmel does, you know, in, in the school from Lafayette, you know, you're, you're not usually expected to be close in this game, but the Broncos have put up a very good fight. I mean, offensively and defensively, have just done a great job so far tonight. And, and I think, you know, the Broncos' intention is to save this timeout just in case, you know, that if you don't get this play, call the timeout and kick the field goal. It's, we had a, a, probably about a 25, 30-yard field goal last week. So probably in field goal range here for the Broncos. After the measurement, third down and inches, 36 and 310. The clock has not started yet as the Broncos still standing over the ball. Two referees, two officials standing there as well. They wait to get back into position and wind the clock. Third down at the Carmel 13-yard line. Broncos, there goes the clock. As now is at 33 seconds. They put a few seconds back on. Wilkerson looks to his right. Be a little accidental here. Probably should have the play in ready before this, but down to 25 seconds, and Carmel showing blitz. Wilkerson takes a snap. He's going to throw, and incomplete. Intended for number five, Brian Jenkins, and then a late flag is thrown in. Maybe another late hit after the play. That one looked a little cleaner to me yeah. because as the ball was, was near its intended target, it was right as, the, right as the ball came in. So instead of fourth down and short, we're going to have first down and go for the Broncos. With 20 and four tenths left. It looked more to me, maybe like I. It didn't look too late to me, in my opinion, but maybe looked kind of close to his head, maybe calling a head-to-head hit. I, I mean, yeah. The only thing I could think maybe there, other than the the potential late hit, which was really pretty close, is maybe a horse collar. Yeah. And now they're tossing the flag back, and we'll get the official here. It's going to be personal foul. Into the head. Yeah. Yeah, look, it, it was the hit was pretty close to Brian Jenkins' head. And it, I think a good call here by the refs. And the Broncos have a first and goal at the Carmel nine-yard line. Aided hugely by two personal fouls on this drive. Now first and goal at the eight-yard line. Wilkerson by himself in the backfield as Munoz stands to the right, ready to motion back into the backfield as he's standing as a wide receiver. Three receivers to the right as the ball to the left hash. 20 and 410 left in this first half. Broncos have one timeout left. They trail 14 to 8. Wilkerson takes the snap. 
Fake to the left, rolls out to the right, pressure coming, throws as he hit into the end zone, and intercepted. Intercepted, and they will take a knee in the end zone. A lot of room on this near sideline, but the pressure by Bo Robbins forced a quick throw, and Carmel forces the turnover in the end zone. Big mistake there by Wilkerson. I think, you know, the Broncos is not able to contain the pressure, and Wilkerson just forced the throw in there, and great coverage by Carl in the short field, able to get the interception, and probably most likely will run off the clock, and we'll go into halftime with 11.7 seconds here to go in the first half. They look to be lined up in a victory formation as McDonald under center, 11 and 7 tenths left in the first half. At the 20-yard line, they'll take a knee. And the Carmel Greyhounds will take a lead into this halftime. Broncos really want to get a touchdown there and retake the lead before the half. But a late interception will give the Grey, will keep the Greyhounds in the lead. It's 14-8 as we reach halftime. In sectional four, it's the final here of the sectional in the IHSAA State Tournament Class 6A. Again, Greyhounds on top. 14-8. We'll take a two-minute break for halftime. We'll take a two-minute break for halftime and be back. You're listening to Bronco Football on WJEF. Don't let that keep you down. Protect your career, your family, and your financial future with help from NFCC, a financial advocate who understands the money issues faced by current and former military members. Schedule a confidential financial review with an objective nonprofit NFCC financial counselor. Call us today at 877-404-6322 or visit us at nfcc.org slash military. You owe it to yourself. Get relief now. People been saying to your friend, get a different face. And posting on their feed, they're super ugly. The things they say to them online are cruel and they're not true. So tell your friend, I'll stand up for you. Don't worry, I know what to do. Know someone being bullied online? You can be a witness and make a difference by letting the world know it isn't cool. And by letting your friend know you care. Learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. My son Aiden has asthma. Secondhand smoke has triggered his asthma so badly, he ended up in the emergency room and spent multiple nights in intensive care. Now he's on a whole bunch of medications. My tip to you is don't be shy about telling people not to smoke around your kids. Half of U.S. kids are exposed to secondhand smoke. If you or someone you know wants help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. Are you among the millions of Americans living with chronic pain? If so, you may think prescription opioids are the solution. Truth is, opioids only mask the pain, and they come with serious side effects, from nausea to withdrawal symptoms to overdose. There is another choice, physical therapy. Physical therapists treat pain through movement and exercise. Choose physical therapy. Visit MoveForwardPT.com. This public service announcement is brought to you by the American Physical Therapy Association. We are back here from Carmel Stadium at the halftime. The Broncos trailing the Carmel Greyhounds 14 to 8 in what was a thrilling and close first half. Mr. Rumster, what do you think here about the? What are your thoughts here about the first half? Well, it's a tough break at the end of that half for the Broncos to, to have such a good drive to connect with Jay Siegel so many times for first downs and then to take advantage of the a couple of miscues by the Carmel defense. So they, they weren't they weren't happy about it, but two personal fouls. Gave the Broncos even better field position, but 
that pass rush, we, we didn't we didn't have to talk about it that much in that first half. And I was yeah. impressed by the line play on both the offense and the defense by Jeff. But Bo Robbins and, and company started to really make an impact there late as we, we saw a sack. And then we saw, uh, of course, the pressure that led to a, a rush throw and interception in the end zone. And really, I think the Broncos are, are, are lucky that, that Carmel decided not to take it out and, and decided yeah. to take a knee to end that half. Um, they, they moved the ball okay. They, they moved the ball okay, and they're, they're in the game. They'll, they'll, they'll get the football to start the second half. Just have to stay hydrated, stay hungry, and, and stay healthy. I, I think that's the main key as we move towards the second half. But uh, let's take a look at that scoring summary, Christian. As the Broncos came out on uh, came out on the first possession of the game on defense, and they had a couple nice plays. But then on the third down and eight, uh, Jake McDonald, the senior quarterback, was able to shake off attack and get near the first down marker. They went for it on fourth down, which was a gutsy call, but they were able to get it easily with with the uh, quarterback sneak. And then the very next play was a 62-yard Kamari Hunt touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was just a a big run. They, I remember the the Greyhounds just opened up a big hole in a line for and, and Hunt just a speedy running back just took off through that hole and all the way untouched pretty much to the end zone. Then the next drive, the Broncos came back on offense and and went right back at the Greyhounds. And with very good run and pass plays and, and finish it off, Matt Wilkerson with the play action uh, fake and then the complete pass to Zion Austin for the touchdown. And then surprisingly, the Broncos went for the two-point conversion. Marquise Munoz ran it in to put the Broncos up 8-7. to seven. Yeah, I, I absolutely love the uh, the aggression there. That's something we've seen all season with the Broncos. Yeah. They've got such a high-powered offense. Take those chances and you know, your thought process is if, if we don't get it here, we're going to have another chance to get, yeah. hopefully, you know, another touchdown to, to get another chance anyway. So, and, and really it was aided hugely by the pass interference. And that one, a little bit questionable, but I think Jay Siegel was hit just before the pass got yeah. there, and that was able to give the Broncos a first down and two as that pass uh, pass interference did occur in the end zone. Then on the next couple play, on the next play, in fact, they were able to score that touchdown. So, Carmel in the first play of the second quarter missed a 29-yard field goal that would have given them a 10-8 lead. But Broncos were not able to take advantage of the, the Carmel miscues. And then later in that, uh, late in the first half, 253 remaining, a 24-yard touchdown from Jake McDonald to Aiden Ellison on a beautiful post draft. And like I mentioned earlier, when you're a 5'6 sophomore on yeah. a roster as big as Carmel and as deep as Carmel, you've really got to stand out to get on the field. Yeah. However, with the, uh, with the speed, with the route-running ability, and a great throw by the senior state championship-winning quarterback, mm-hmm. Jake McDonald. They were able to connect for the touchdown. The Broncos then drove down the field, again, with the aid of a couple uh, a couple late hits uh, on the Carmel defense and a bunch of passes completed to J.C. I believe there was four first-down passes, two number 85 on that mm-hmm. drive. Broncos got all the way down inside the 10-yard line, but pressure by the Carmel defense forced a quick throw and an intercept in the end zone. And that's where we stand at the end of one half. It's the Greyhounds 14 and the Broncos, eight. The yardage totals, 74 passing yards, 95 rushing yards for 169 total rush, or total yards for the Greyhounds, 143 total yards for the Broncos, just 21 rushing yards and 122 through the air. But that's where that line play is really making an impact, is uh, 21 rushing yards on 12 carries in that first half versus Kamari Hunt by himself having seven for 73, 62 on, yeah. on one play. But... Uh, that's where the line play really comes into play. Yeah, just think about if you subtract, you know, the 62 yards that he on that had on that one play, Carmel only has 33 rush yards and only 107 total total yards. 
and you know added in a couple of big play, other big plays that Carmel had. And other than that, the Jeff defense has done a great job so far in the first half. And I think you know looking at the sides of Carmel's offensive line and defensive line going into this game, you know you thought that this would be a game where Carmel would just really dominate the, both lines, but the Broncos putting up a tremendous fight and staying close in this game, 14 to eight. And you know. And it, with a team like Carmel, you know, that's that's every year competing and winning sectional championships and competing for state championships, you 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 know, this is a team that has more experience and just great to see the Broncos in the first half keeping it close only fourteen to eight. A tenacious fight as the last time that these two teams played, it was in the two thousand eight sectional, uh, my freshman year of high school in fact, and the, the Greyhounds were able to win forty four to twenty one. A young Daly Dupree had a couple long receiving touchdowns for the Broncos in that game, but Carmel won that one. Before that, it was 2006 in a, in a showdown after the Broncos had beaten Hamilton Southeastern, their only loss in the regular season. They came back, played Carmel the next week, and lost 28-3 to an extremely talented Greyhound squad. Broncos in this one, though, as we've got about eight minutes left in this halftime period. They trailed 14-8 to the Broncos. We'll get the ball to start the second half, and we'll try to regain that lead. We will take a break. We'll come back with some other scores from around the state, a little bit of winter sports previews here at Lafayette. Jeff, this is WJEF, your home for Broncos Sports. All right, everybody in the car, let's go. What are we going to do first when we get there, Mom? Go for a hike? Sure. What about canoeing? Can we go canoeing, too? I don't see why. How long does it take to get to the forest? It's not that far, sweetie. <sighs> are we there yet? Yep, we're here. Already? It's a short drive from your neighborhood to your naturehood. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a neighborhood park or green space near you. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Forest Service. See that cute little dog in the pet store? Chances are it came from a puppy mill. A breeding facility that forces caged, neglected, and often sick dogs to churn out puppies to be sold for profit. Meanwhile, millions of wonderful, healthy pets end up in animal shelters. But with one simple choice, you can help. Just by deciding to adopt instead of purchase your next pet. Not only are you saving a life, you're taking a stand against puppy mills. Visit bestfriends.org slash puppy mills to learn more. That'll probably, we'll probably take one more break after this. Ever wonder what makes us, the Smurfs, so happy? The forest, of course. This is where we, along with the beautiful forest creatures, make our home with beautiful plant life, clean water, and endless adventures. It's a place to celebrate. So discover the forest with your family today. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a forest near you. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Hey, parents of children with asthma, here's another hit from the Breathe Easies. Come on and clean up the mold, Whoa. clean up the mold. Whoa. Mold can trigger asthma in kids young and old. Come on and clean up the mold, Whoa. clean up the mold in your house. Whoa. This song may be fun, but childhood asthma is not. Preventing asthma attacks can be as simple as cleaning up the mold and mildew in your house. For more Breathe Easy tips to help stop asthma attacks, go to noattacks.org. Brought to you by the EPA and the Ad Council. We're back here from Carmel Stadium, just under five and a half minutes to go in the at halftime. The Broncos trailing the Carmel Greyhounds 14 to eight. 
let's take a look at some other scores around the state as we've gathered these as quickly as we can in the couple-minute break. As Warren Central in the game of the week, it's number three and six A versus number one. Undefeated Ben Davis trails 22-15 to Warren Central. That would be quite the upset even with Warren Central being a such, yeah. such a talented team as they are. But Ben Davis behind uh, IU commit and quarterback Reese Taylor, the favorite for Mr. Football. I think even if they lose that game, he'll be Mr. Football. Yeah. Behind him, you know, that's, that's surprising. that They've been so dominant this year, one of the most dominant teams in state history. I read one thing that said that's that's probably the best game in the entire nation this week. You know, Very possibly could be. Two, you know, traditionally good programs there, and, and looks like, you know, a competitive score, and I'm sure a competitive game overall. Kokomo leads McCutcheon 27-7 to at the half as the Wildcats look to end the Mavericks season and advance to the regional Class 5A. A big Class 5A game between Cathedral and Decatur Central. That knotted up at 21. A D1 talent there, Tyrone Tracy, an Iowa commit. I'm sure he's having a big game. Marquis Stepp for Cathedral and Notre Dame commit. And they've got a big offensive lineman, Emil Echior, an Alabama yeah. commit yeah, for I Cathedral. I about that this week, how he flipped from Michigan right to Alabama. That's right. That's that's pretty huge. So that that's one of the best games in the state as well. Decatur Central and Cathedral tied at 21. Avon and Brownsburg, a West Side rivalry, two HCC foes. They were co-champions in that uh, conference. Avon beat up on Brownsburg earlier this year, 60 to 27, and they are looking to do the same tonight. They lead 23 to six. Fishers over Pike, 14 to nothing. Currently, another sectional uh, in Class 6A. The other local game, uh, one of the other local games that the people are watching, West Lafayette leads in Gray in 21 to nothing in Class 3A. Fort Wayne Snyder, that's the team that the winner of this game will face next week. If Carmel wins, it'll be up in Fort Wayne. If the Broncos win, I believe it will be in at Schumann Stadium. But Snyder is putting a beatdown on uh, Fort Wayne Carroll, 31 nothing. Remember, Snyder beat Carroll over the season 69-7. So a dominant team, number two in Class 6A. And if Warren Central didn't beat Ben Davis, uh, we might be headed for a Warren Central Fort Wayne Snyder state final. We will see, but... Uh, the winner of this, the winner of this game, is going to get four Wayne Snyder next week, and will really have their hands full with the Panthers. Yeah, that, if the Broncos were to win this game, that'd be that'd be a heck of a game over at Schumann Stadium too. If the Broncos were to win, you know, this is, you know, we still got a half left, but to see two 11 and 0 teams, it would be at Schumann Stadium. You know, there would be a packed crowd over at the Shoe next Friday night. And I've been impressed with the Bronco visiting crowd tonight. This is a really pretty big visitor stand. Yeah. The Broncos have put a pretty good dent in it, a lot of color uh, on the gray bleachers. So uh, proud of the Broncos coming tonight. I guess that's less people listening to us, but I guess yeah. that's less pressure on us too. But if you're back in Lafayette, we thank you for making us a part of your Friday night as we are about ready to bring you second half action. And Christian, uh, let, let, yeah, let, let's go and take a look at some of the winter sports before we get into the keys to the second half. Uh, what are we looking at as, as the winter sports are about to get underway? Hopefully still uh, still a couple of weeks left of fall sports yep. with the Bronco football team, but uh, winter sports getting going nonetheless. Yeah, the, tomorrow afternoon, I believe 1.30, the Bronco bas- girls basketball team opens up the season at the Crawley Center versus the Delphi Oracles. The Broncos trying to defend their NCC title that they, they won last year, and uh, – you know, I, I think with a talented team returning this year, they they graduated four seniors last year, but they still have a, a young group led by uh, sophomore point guard Kirsten Green that that's very talented and very quick, and I think can be you know very tough for some opposing basketball teams to defend. So 
So hopefully, you know, they can have – they open up the season tomorrow and hopefully they can defend that NCC title. And also next week the boys basketball team with their tryouts. And so, you know, they'll be opening up the season um, November 27th versus Twin Lakes in the JNC Hoops Classic at the Crawley Center. And, and the boys team, they graduated five seniors last year, including the all-time Tippecanoe County leading scorer, David Hanyard. So, you know, some tough shoes to fill, but the Broncos will still have some experience with seven seniors and also sophomore Avery Beaver, who will be able to um, contribute a lot in the scoring for the Broncos. And he had a lot of varsity experience, you know, off the bench, you know, but he'll be ready to step in for the Broncos. So, I, I think looking forward, it should be a great basketball season and should be very fun for Bronco fans to watch. But hopefully, as you said, we still have a few weeks of football left. And, uh, yeah, the basketball season is always exciting. The, the Hoops Classic, unfortunately, no longer sponsored by the General and Curtain this year. It's the Franciscan Hoops Classic hmm. now. Yeah, uh, I didn't know that. That the Broncos dominate for so many years. It's, it's been won by, won by Twin Lakes last year in route to a, a, a state finals appearance. But the Broncos... In my day, to, 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 go, to go back uh, just a few years ago, not that old, but in my day, the Broncos dominated the, that, that Hoops Classic when it was yeah. still the Hoops Classic. Hope to see them get back to form there under Coach Radiker. Uh, always always love working with Coach Radiker as uh, he embarks on, I guess, what would be his seventh or eighth season at Jeff. Yeah, yeah somewhere around there. I'm not, I don't know for sure, but yeah, I don't have the – I think it's somewhere around there. But uh, look, looking – to be a good basketball season, boys, boys and girls for the Broncos. So it, it'll be a lot of fun, as I said, for Bronco fans to watch. Yeah, and the, and the the girls' squad last year just kind of ran into a into a immovable force in Zionsville. Yeah. Zionsville, a dominant team in the section last year, but a fantastic second half of the season. They struggled to start off, but then you just keep checking the scores, and it's win after win after win. So. Yeah, the, they they pulled out a lot of close wins, even a few buzzer beaters. You know, pretty close games there for the Broncos girls basketball and. I think, you know, they had a, they had a few freshmen also, you know, as I said, Kirsten Green, Kiara Lewis also that contributed in the lineup. And I think, you know, those girls with a year and a couple more with a year of varsity experience under their belt should be looking to improve and should be a solid season for Coach Andy Baker and the Broncos girls basketball team. So sectional four in class 6A, about 100 seconds from restarting and Christian Broncos getting the ball to start the second half. You have to think that a strong first drive, keeping Carmel on their heels, will be a key to, to get off the second half. Yeah, I think, you know, the Broncos offense, you know, I think this is a chance, you know, we really need, it would be huge for the Broncos to, to come out and just have a great drive and take a lead. And, you know, um, Coach Stanley has to have been making a couple halftime adjustments. And I think, you know, with the Broncos having the ball first, it's just an advantage for them to be coming off with those adjustments, knowing which plays you want to come out and run, which plays you succeeded with, which plays you did, didn't work in the first half. And, and you know, if, if the, it would be huge for the Broncos to come out and with a nice drive and hopefully take the lead. You know, if, if the Broncos, it would just be a huge turning point in this game if the Broncos, you know, sputtered and Carmel scored again, you know. So a huge drive to start off the second half here at Carmel Stadium. The other of the, it's really impressive that four of the five Lafayette teams are, are still playing this late in the season mm -hmm. in the sectional final, um, but it looks like two of those teams are going to tonight. We gave them a catch and score. They trail 27-7. to seven. Uh, West Lafayette in control, but 
the uh, Lafayette Central Catholic Knights. They trailed 29 to 7 at the half in sectional 42 to Pioneer, who has just been incredibly dominant in Class yeah, 1A. Arguably the most dominant team yeah. uh, in, in the state this year when you look at point differential, even though their, their schedule is, is easier, but still an incredibly dominant team for Pioneer. Yeah, they just, I mean, you know, Pioneer had a tough game against Carroll, who's one of the, also one of the top 1A teams, but Pioneer just ran through Carroll. I believe they beat him by at least 20 or 30, and that was about their closest game of the entire season. Pioneer, just a tough team led by running back Jack Kaiser, who's being recruited pretty hard by Purdue, and hopefully, you know, that would, that'll end up being another good local Purdue commit, and uh, so, you know, a tough opponent for CC, as CC, you know, had a tough season, was 2-7 and seven in the regular season, but, you know, came out in the playoffs, got a win in the first round of sectionals, and then a win last week, so, you know, great, still a great way to end the season for CC to advance in, in the sectional championship after the regular season that they had. So Carmel out to kick it off from right to left, and for a while it looked like we were going to have a kickoff with no uh, with no receiving team, but the Broncos yeah. have made their way out onto the field, wearing white jerseys, black number, black numbers and helmets with red and black trim. Carmel in their home blue uniforms with gold numbers, gold helmets with the blue panther on it, and white pants and socks. As Fortier is in to kick it deep. Back deep for the Broncos. Bishop Johnson and Brian Jenkins back there as well. Johnson, or Siegel's going to take it about the 11-yard line on the far sideline. He hesitates and then goes to the left, pushes forward up to the 25-yard line, and that's where oh, the 27-yard line, excuse me, that's where it'll be first and 10 for the Broncos. The Broncos came out last drive just very solid, just you know, had they were had a third and ten, and then Wilkerson just caught fire, and Jay Siegel just he was hitting Jay Siegel just I think he said four times in a row. For four first the, downs, yeah. Yeah, four first downs, and were able to get the ball inside the Carmel ten yard line, but just couldn't put up any points. The first play of the second half is a handoff to the right, and that's going to go for a loss. Bo Robbins, another tackle for loss. Oh, Robbins just shot off of that end, and Latrell Brown had absolutely nowhere to go. And, you know, Bo Robbins, not just a big guy, he has a lot of speed, too. Second down and 13 after a loss of three. Wilkes in the backfield, and he's going to throw quickly. Oh, a big hit. Complete the Seagull for a gain of two, but Robbins is coming out with a vengeance in the second half. He puts a lick on Wilkerson. That was a clean one, too just as the ball was being delivered. No late hit there. Quickly, a third down 11. This is exactly what the Broncos didn't want as we were just a minute into the second half, and it's a third down 11 from the 27-yard line. Wilkerson, he might want to block her in the backfield, and that's why he, that might be why he's calling for uh, Latrell Brown to come in to his left. Three receivers to the left, one to the right, and he's going to roll out. Pressure coming, and it's a sack. Will be fourth down. Attacked by Cole Brevard. He's a tack, He's a defensive tackle and a transfer in from Rebuff this year to get more playing time at the public school and paying off with a big sack at fourth and sixteen. Yeah, that just shows you the the power of Carmel's offensive line. I mean, they only rushed four guys on that play. You know, Jeff had six blockers and 
Carmel just easily got into the backfield, and, and Wilkerson had nowhere to go. So Edison, or Ellison, Aiden Ellison, stands back deep for a turn. Not a good punt. And it's going to bounce at the 42 and then bounce backwards after bounce about three yards forward and then out of bounds at the 44-yard line. So Carmel, that's about as good of a start as you can ask for for the Greyhounds in the second half. They will start in, uh, in Bronco territory at the 44-yard line. Hopefully the Broncos' defense can make a few stops here, uh, a few good plays here, and get a stop here to get the ball back for the offense. You know, as we said at halftime, they, other than a couple of big plays, the Broncos' defense has just done a very good job. They just have to stay disciplined and just can't let those big plays happen. McDonald, the pistol, hunt back in the game after he was spelled a running back, patiently waiting, and then breaks free. And he is dragging a Bronco defender out of bounds to the 25-yard line. Game of 19. Amari Hunt just put the stiff arm on Avery Walker and just just ran with him for about 10 extra yards to pick up the big gain of about, uh, almost 20 yards, gain of 19. That'll be first and 10, Carmel, at the 25-yard line. Great field position for them after a 19-yard rush for Kamari Hunt. As he approaches 1,000 yards on the season. In fact, I think that rush did put him over it. McDonald with another handoff to Hunt. This time, nothing new one. Good job by the Bronco defense. And he's pushed back. You know, if the Broncos defense get a stop here, you know, I think, you know, I, I haven't seen Carmel's kicker all season, but seeing that he missed about what? 29 yarder. Yeah, 20, 29 yards. In early in the first half in the, at the beginning of the second quarter. So this may be a little bit out of his range. So could be big for the Broncos to get a, a couple stops here. Still just second down, though, and Hunt will stand about three yards behind McDonald and Pistol. Got a fullback to the right side. Klaus by himself on an island to the right. Read option, and he's going to look deep to Klaus, but a little bit of uh, miscommunication there. The pass sails into the end zone incomplete and falls harmlessly to the turf, even though Klaus was going deep. Yeah, great coverage there by the Broncos' defense. I think there was a little uh, complaint up here in the press box by some by some Carmel folks about the pass interference, and honestly, might have looked like he kind of shoved him a little bit there. But Uncatchable no, ball anyway. Yeah, it was, into the end zone. yeah, it was way over his head. So, you know, third and long, third and nine, three or four, the Greyhounds. Third down and nine from the Bronco, 24. Hunt stands to the left of McDonald in the shotgun. Two receivers to the right. Klaus on the near side. And they're going to do a screen pass, and the Broncos bit hard. Hunt to the 15 to the 10, and Bulls over Bronco defender down inside the five-yard line. Broncos have got to recognize the screen pass there because everybody came to the quarterback, and Kamari Hunt had wide open range to do what he wanted down to the five-yard line, another gain of 19. Yeah, you know, on those screen passes, you know, the linemen are told – to release and just let let the defensive line get in and the Broncos just were, you know, almost at McDonald. He almost didn't even get the pass off, but, you know, was able to flip it off to Hunt and Hunt took off to get the first down inside the 10. They'll call it 16 up to the nine-yard line. Hunt, hand off up the gut. Bush's forward gain of three or about two, two and a half. So it'll be about the six-yard line, second down and goal. That puts Carmel over 200 yards. That last play did. Over 200 yards total offense. It's 207 to 137. More importantly, the score in favor of Carmel as well. 14 8. 
The Greyhounds lead the Broncos in the sectional four final from Carmel Stadium here at WJEF. Cloud stands by himself to the right. McDonald in the backfield ready to take the snap. Hunt to his right, and he'll take the handoff. Bounces to the left, almost broke the tackle, but good job bringing him down. Was the defender for Jeff on that one? That was Avery Walker. If that tackle is broken, I think he cruises into the end zone. Yeah, that was a great job by Avery Walker to to get in there and, and from the safety position and bring down Kamari Hunt to force the third and goal from the five for Carmel. One important caveat here, though, is that even a field goal would make it a two-possession game. They'd make it a nine-point game, but the Broncos want to keep it at nine as opposed to uh, potentially 13. As they trail right now 14 to eight. McDonald on the shotgun, Hunt to his right. And looks to his right, wide open in the corner of the end zone, but it's batted down by Cedric right in low. Great defensive play as Klaus was open in the flat. A strong throw to the corner, to the front corner of the end zone. Probably would have been in the touchdown, but he threw a fade to the back of the end zone and right in low. Got two hands on it, batted it down, but it could have been an interception. The field goal team will come out. Yeah, it would have been huge for Cedric right in low to get the interception, but, but you know, still a good play, able to knock it down and force the Greyhounds to kick the field goal. So we're going to get a 22-yard 20, attempt. That's a little longer than an extra point. Ortier, this one is up and is good. 17 to 8 year score now. 7.34 left in the third quarter here from Carmel Stadium in Carmel, Indiana. Sam Rumps along with Christian Maggio here on the WJEF. Excited to bring you Bronco football. But Carmel has now scored two scores in a row. They lead 17 to 8, 7.34 left in the third quarter. And uh, Christian, here the Broncos really got to get a strong, strong drive here. Keep your defense up the field and also to chip away at that nine-point lead. Yeah, and you know it would be big for the Broncos probably to run up a lot of clock, too. You just you don't, and for sure, we don't want a three and out. You know, we, we want to get some time off this clock, get a drive down the field, and at least get three points on the board. You know, you don't want to get Carmel, this Carmel offense that has been rolling the last couple drives, you know, good field position, anywhere close. So you know we need a good drive here by the Broncos to stay in this game. Yeah, when you look at the uh, when you look at the the score from last week, it really took until the second half for the for the Carmel offense to get going. It, yeah. The third quarter they had a 70 or 68 yard touchdown run, and another touchdown in that third quarter on a pass. So crucial third quarter for the Broncos as they try to hang in this one down, just 17 to eight to the Carmel Greyhounds as. Fortier, who just connected on the 22-yard field goal, booms this one at the high end over and kick, taking about the two-yard line by J.C. on the far side. Then across the 15, breaks one tackle, and is spun ahead to the 20-yard line, and the Broncos will start their second drive of the second half right there. And the, most of the season, the Broncos have been a strong second-half team. So, you know, even though we didn't have as great of a first drive as we wanted, you know, this game is not over. You know, we're we're only down by nine points. You know, only a two-score game. We still have seven minutes and 27 seconds left here in the third quarter, and then a whole fourth quarter left. So, you know, this game is far from over, and and hopefully the Broncos' offense can get get something going here on this drive. Wilkerson hands it off up the gut, and just a gain of two as the run game continues to struggle, and it's really hard to open up that passing game on the outside when you've got such a strong defensive front that can really focus on, on the runs. It looks yeah. like 
Looks like Munoz is still in there. Gain of, they'll give him two. But it makes it so much easier for the linebackers in the secondary, especially the secondary, to not have to come in on the box. Yeah. As another screen pass, this is going to be complete to Munoz. But a Bronco offensive lineman missed the block and no gain. Uh, number 34 on the tackle, Ben Leary. Robbins came quickly on the blitz on the pressure to the quarterback. And this is we wanted to avoid for the Broncos. Already a third down and eight. Got to convert here. Keep your defense off the field and keep them fresh. On a beautiful, turning cool November night. Not often, though, in the past few years, the Broncos have continued to play in November. They're 10 and 0. Wilkerson in the shotgun, and he is bombarded. Bo Robbins, the first one there. Ben Leary showed up shortly after, and it's going to be fourth down and long. Jeff Lapperson. Not much Wilkerson could have done on that play. Great penetration by the Carmel defensive line, and you know these these you know their size advantage is starting to show here early in the second half. They've just gotten in every single play inside the backfield, and the Broncos just haven't been able to get anything going. And Brian Jenkins is out, standing at his own five-yard line for the punt. And Ellison is standing at the 45. And Jenkins will get this one off a lot better than the last one. Does Ellison move back? And he is hit right away. Breaks the tackle, though, and nearly breaks the second one as Ellison gets a gain of a couple on the return, and the Carmel will start at the Jeff 48-yard line. And the Bronco near the Carmel sideline slow to get up, and that's Bishop Johnson, but he will jog to the sideline. So, unfortunate spot the defense is put in, especially to come right back out. And this is where that those, those lines tend to wear you down is, Robbins, who again, a four-star recruit, not many of those around, just absolutely bombarded Wilkerson and brought him down. Leary, if Robbins missed, and he doesn't often miss on tackles, Leary would have have probably finished the job as well. So first and 10 Greyhounds at the Bronco 48-yard line. Jeff trails 17 to 8. One receiver to the left, that's Klaus, who is the main target for the senior quarterback. And Schmidt takes the handoff up the gut, got his hand on the back of an offensive lineman, and then pushes forward a strong run for him as he just put his head down and rushed forward for a game of five. It's a hard run there by Schmidt. He just, as you said, just he just put his head down and just ran through the Broncos' defensive line and good run to start the drive here for the Greyhounds. McDonald in the shotgun, tight end moving from right to left. And fake handoff, Schmidt, no, he does deep again. And he is up the gut to the 40-yard line. That's going to set up third and short after game of three. You know, the Carmel offense has been rolling, but the Broncos defense the whole entire season has, you know, made stops really when they need them later in the game. And, you know, hopefully they can get a, get a stop here on third down and get the ball with a, with a chance for the offense. Clock winding at 4.40 to go in the third quarter. And just as we mentioned, the game did slow it down a little bit after we mentioned how fast it was yeah. going, of course. McDowell in the shotgun formation. Schmidt stands to his left. He's got an H-back who will motion to the tight end position. And it's going to be a quarterback keeper on the read option. And McDonald's got plenty of room, and he's just going to lightly jog out of bounds for the first down. Down to the 29-yard line is WTHR. Their chopper will take off, presumably, to another game or be back to the station to start editing their operation football. But uh, always fun and, and and it shows what a big game this is that you've got 
the NBC affiliate in Indianapolis flying a helicopter to the game. So, yeah. made apart. Carmel's got a first down, looking to really take control of this ball game. It's 17-8 to here in the third quarter, 419 to play. The clock has stopped after McDonald's ran out of bounds for the first down. Now on the shotgun, he's got Schmidt to his right. Schmidt gets the get, coming near side. He's got multiple blockers, and then will be taken out of bounds. Shove late, and that's going to be a 15-yard penalty. Well, I guess it might not be 15, but it's going to be a personal foul. Just a light little shove by Lee Sams, and it doesn't matter how hard of a hit it is, though. It was still a late hit out of bounds. Yep. You just, you know, you have to be disciplined, especially against a team like Carmel, and especially against the way Carmel's been playing the last few drives. You just you can't give them any extra yards. And, you know, that just makes it so much harder, you know, for this Jeff defense to get a stop. And, you know, we haven't gotten a signal yet, but most likely a passenger. It is a personal foul. So it'll be first down, Carmel. Inside the 22 to Jeff, 13-yard line. So Carmel looking to take control of this game, but when you do have the Broncos' explosive offense, you're never really out of it, I mean, yeah. as long as you can get quick plays going. But the defense still needs to hold strong here. A field goal will keep it at two possessions. It's 17-8. Carmel leads. 4-13 to play in the third quarter. Is Now they'll uh, reset here at the 13-yard line, first and 10. McDonald in the shotgun. Broncos showing blitz, and they'll get called for a five-yard penalty. They were ready to bring a blitz, but Britton Chandler and Avery Walker jumped early, and it's going to be encroachment another penalty. You know, you just can't have penalties, you know. If you you look, you know, at almost most majority of all football games, you know, the team that has the less penalties and the the lesser amount of turnovers wins the game, and and so far tonight, that's Carmel. Carmel's been hurt by a few penalties of their own, but the tides are turning. As McDonald in the shotgun, first and five at the eight. Schmidt, the running back, but he'll pass it, throws quickly, complete. Touchdown, Carmel. Atticus Klaus. Couple Broncos in the area looked for a second like it was going to be an interception, but Atticus Klaus just. He got up on, you know, just jumped up, great hops on that catch, and was able to come come down with it. Touchdown, Carmel, and it is now a 23-8 game with 4:09 here to go in the quarter. And Atticus Klaus, he's had a couple catches. Broncos have done a pretty good job containing him, though. As the extra point is up, and it is good. So 4.09 to play in the third quarter. I guess technically it's still a two-possession game, 16 points, but that will take two touchdowns and two two-point conversions. Long way to go for the Broncos in this one. However, more than 16 minutes to play, but they're going to have to get going on offense quickly. We'll take a 30-second break and be back. This is Bronco Football on WJEF. The NLS Braille and Audio Reading Download Service gives patrons with visual impairments or physical limitations the freedom to read their way. BARD is this beautiful web-based program for searching for books and for the ability to download them. It's a great way to have a book with you without carrying a book. For information about the National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped Library of Congress, visit loc.gov slash that all may read. We're back here at Carmel Stadium, just north of Carmel Stadium in Carmel, Indiana. The 
Greyhounds just scored a touchdown to take a 24-8 lead over the Broncos. Greyhounds are getting ready to kick. Bishop Johnson, Latrell Brown, and Jake Siegel need to receive it for the Broncos. This is the music blares. 4-9 left in the third quarter. And so far in the third quarter, we've seen six plays by the Bronco offense as Siegel fumbles the kickoff and is recovered by the Broncos. But on the ground, Bishop Johnson gets it, and they'll be at the 21-yard line. That's unfortunate because had Siegel caught about the 18, he would have had some room to make something happen and yeah. would have been a little bit better field position than the 21. Starting to see a little bit of anxiety here from the Broncos. You know, the Greyhounds have now taken a two a you know two to three possession lead and you know the Broncos offense with the ball first and ten on the 21 really neat and dire need of some points here as the defense has given up 10 points here in this third quarter doesn't help with the offense going about their sixth place quick screen pass Nate Siegel up to the eighth reception of the night shakes off one and up to the 25 yard line and that's the most positive play we've seen on Bronco offense so far, and there was still really nothing doing. So second down, they'll give him five yards. Second down and five, as thanks to the stats of Guru Sam King to our left, he now has eight receptions for 78 yards in this ballgame. Wilkerson by himself in the shotgun, just three down linemen for Carmel, but that hasn't been an issue so far. Quick screen pass, complete. Looks like uh, Jenkins. Brian Jenkins will have the first down. And for the first time in the second half, Jeff moves the chains. Wilkerson imploring his crowd, the good contingent of Bronco fans that made the drive to get on their feet and make some noise. And it's 3.28 left in the third quarter. And Jeff, down 16 points, needs a touchdown drive here. Good first couple. and 10, though, at the 34-yard line. Good couple plays here to get the off. Broncos Takes the snap, blitz three. coming. Steps up, avoids the sack. Wilkerson breaks the tackle, spins away, and but not able to completely spin away from the Carmel defenders as Joey Schmidt pretty much completely whipped on the on the sack there. And that's something you've got to see if you're Wilkerson is the blitz coming from that right side because he's rolling out to his right, and there's a blitz coming right there. You've got to be careful of that. Yeah, I think the, the Broncos had success in the first half on rollout plays, but the Carmel made some adjustments in preventing those here in the second half. They'll roll up to the right this time, throw down field, and his diving catch right in front of us, complete to the Carmel 44-yard line. Great play by Bishop Johnson as the pressure was coming. Good chip by the running back there. Uh, I believe it was Brown to delay Robbins getting to the quarterback just by a split second, and then a diving catch into Carmel territory by Bishop Johnson. 244 and counting in this third quarter, and Wilkerson has the offense on the move. Five wide, three to the left. Takes a snap, quick screen up to Siegel, and breaks a tackle and up to the 38-yard line. And there was one blocker there for two defenders, but Siegel did a good job avoiding them both. He did. Got the uh, got the five yard gain, six yard gain. Yeah, a little sidestep move, little let's say a little shake and bake there from Jay Siegel. He get a few extra yards and gain of six on first down. Broncos going with quick plays here as Carmel showing blitz, but you got to think they're going to drop back. Usually their blitz have been better disguised than this, but got to be ready for it if you're Wilkerson. And they will drop back. Three linemen come, but still has pressure. Wilkerson going to run. He's coming to the near sideline. He looked like he was going to go to bounds, but kept going. And he is hit hard by three Carmel defenders. But nice play by Wilkerson. Gets the first down to the 25-yard line. He had a 13. 
and it really looked like he was just going to cruise out of bounds, and he cut it to the left and yeah. got about five more yards. Yeah, that was a great play by Wilkerson. You know, the, the Carmel rushed hard on the edges, and Wilkerson was able to find a lot of rushing room up the middle and then cut it a little bit to the outside and first down for the Broncos. 140 left in the third quarter, and complete for the pass, and then Jenkins slides down. That was a dangerous throw as the screen pass was coming forward. And the car, if the Carmel defender had looked to his left, yeah. the ball would have been coming right for his eyes. But uh, Jenkins did a good job of adjusting to it, making the catch as he was going forward, gets four yards. And the Broncos, with a minute 20 left in the third quarter, down to the 20-yard line. Second down and six. Takes the snap, rolls out to the right, and throws into the flat complete. And that is once again Bishop Johnson. Uh, just a gain of a couple, though, and it's going to be third down and about three or four. Now under a minute. Well, not quite under a minute. Now we're under a minute. Carmel leads 24-8 here in the, late in the third quarter. Dan Rumps along with Christian Maggio here on WJF. We thank you for listening. Three to the left as Wilkerson will throw. Complete Jay Siegel down to the three-yard line, dragging the defender. I believe he's into the end zone. And now they do make the call. Great play there by Jay Siegel, able to find some open space. Wilkerson delivers with the throw, and Siegel just carried along the Carmel defender on the ride for about three yards and got into the end zone, and the Broncos cut it to 24-14. to And the Carmel defender, I, I didn't catch a glimpse of who that was, but clearly trying to get the ball out of Siegel's hands, forced yeah. the fumble there, would have been a crippling turnover, but instead he drags him into the end zone. 24-14 the score. Broncos lining up for the extra point. Uh, but now they'll toss, the, toss it away. Two. Go for two, but oh. a bad snap, and it's going to be down. Carmel's not able to return that. The ball should be dead, at least in the past it was, but instead Carmel's going to take it all the way to the end zone. Broncos saying, what is going on? If that is indeed a few points, then... It'll be 26 to 14 as he, he fumbled the snap in the path. That's not two points. This should be a dead ball. So the referees are converging here. I'm almost certain that, that happened to the Broncos in the past. They were down a couple points and, and that happened to them and they almost took it back. And then we found out later, well, it wouldn't have counted anyway. Yeah. So 24 to 14, the score is the Broncos tossed the kicking tee away. I couldn't think of kicking tee. <laughs> and then brought uh, brought Munoz into the backfield, but he fumbled the snap. And with 42 seconds left in this third quarter, the Broncos trail by 10. A great drive, though, by the Broncos just to answer back to Carmel. And, you know, as we said, you know, a very, very needed points on the board, and the Broncos deliver when it's needed. And now, you know, it's up to the defense. We need a big stop here. And as I said before, we've made stops when we've needed them on defense. And, you know, we need one right now. And, and hopefully they can, the defense can come up big here late in the third quarter and the drive will go early into the fourth quarter. They'll need a couple of defensive stops at least because you're down 10 points, but a, a tremendous drive by the Jeff offense. Uh, and then capped off by a 16-yard touchdown to Jay Siegel to make it 24 to 14 as the conversion failed and i was worried for a second there because the crowd was going nuts carmel was taking it back and there was really no chance of jeff to do anything with it but yeah i thought i, I don't think they've changed this rule but if they've changed yeah. it since i was in high school about six years ago when i was calling games then uh, jeff's in some trouble here because that would have made it a 12-point game but either way yeah that's what i thought too 
the uh, the score does stand. So 24 to 14, Broncos. Elias Marquez or Yakabaki having a long discussion with his team there as they break with the fake run up to the ball. But Carmel's got to be ready for a potential onside kick here after how long Yakabaki talks with his team. Klaus and Ellison back deep to return. They stand about the 11-yard line. Broncos trying to fight back here in the sectional four final. And this is a high and over end kick. Going to be taken by Elson at the 18-yard line. He'll cut back near side, has some blockers, but Avery Walker meets him first and down at the uh, and the number 33, J.J. Lee, the sophomore receiver, finishes the tackle, and Carmel will start this next drive at the 30-yard line. That was a great coverage there on the kickoffs for the Broncos, and now it's up to the defense. As I said, you know, we need a stop and would be huge and – and hopefully, you know, that touch, that great drive, and that, especially that great play for the touchdown by Siegel, hopefully that can be a momentum changer here for the Broncos. A turnover would be absolutely huge for the Broncos as for one of the first times tonight we see sophomore running back Dylan Downing in the game. McDonald motions a H-back into the backfield. Downing takes the run up the middle, gain of a couple. I believe that's Downing's first carry of the night. I believe you're right. We saw him in the game, or he did have one. He got stuffed, um, but that was his first positive game of the night. If he gets three yards, and Carmel doesn't have to run another play in the third quarter, I doubt they will with 15 seconds left. Both teams will put four fingers in the air. We've got 12 minutes to play. One of these team seasons is going to come to an end here at Carmel Stadium tonight. The Broncos hoping they've got more football left in them as we head to the fourth quarter here on WJEF. The Broncos trail 24 to 14, but they are coming off of a long touchdown drive. Have a little bit of momentum, but still a long way to go. Before we head to that fourth quarter, let's uh, let's thank our sponsors here, Christian. Let's hear about our sponsors. This sports broadcast on Jeff 92 is made possible through generous financial help from the Jefferson High School Athletic Department, with assistance from the following individuals, businesses, and organizations: Senator Ron Alting, Allure Dental, Club Newtone. The Golden Broncos, the Jeff Athletic Boosters, State Farm Group, Kirby Risk, Purdue Federal Credit Union, Franciscan Physician Network, Lafayette Orthopedic Clinic, the Mitchell Agency, Mayor Roswarski Murray Team, Hotbox Pizza, Representative Sheila Klinker, The Athlete, Tillies, and Ivy Tech Community College. Jeff92 thanks all of our sponsors for their generous support. Thank you for that, Reed Christian. I'm Sam Rumps, the class of. 2012 for the Broncos at Lafayette Jeff High School. Class of 2020 sitting to my left as we're ready to bring you this fourth quarter. Gain of three on first down for Carmel. They have 244 yards total. 146 of those came on the ground. And the Greyhounds looking to win their sixth grade sectional championship. They lead by 10. Broncos need to stop here. Three down linemen. And in the backfield is Dylan Downing. Klaus comes in motion. Now in the backfield as an H-back. And the quick pass will come out of the flat to Klaus. He's got some room. But Cedric right in will meet him. Gain of about eight, and it'll be good for the first down. Good play by Cedric right in because after that, you know, if he did not make that tackle, there was a lot of green and probably six points for the Greyhounds. But Cedric got right in there to make a nice hit and stop Atticus Klaus with only a gain of eight. And I like that play design there to bring Klaus across the formation behind the line and just catch a pass in the flat let him do what he does best, and that's move in space. First and 10 at the 42-yard line, 11.30 and counting here in this ballgame. Sectional four final from Carmel High School. McDonald stands with the shotgun downing to his left. He'll take the give. 
He's got some holes, and he's up into Bronco territory near the first down marker up to the 47-yard line. They will move the chains. First down, Carmel. Uh, Downing didn't get too many carries, only one carry, as you said, before this drive, but a couple solid carries. And, and Downing has been a solid running back for Carmel with 115 attempts, 447 yards on the season. So, you know, a solid running back, and he's getting a lot of carries on this drive. 11.20 left, 11.22 left in this ball game. here is McDonald. Gets the signals from the coaching staff as well as sophomore backup quarterback Gabe Quigley, who will take over next year and has a very bright future for the Greyhounds. McDonald fakes the snap. Almost got Peyton Price to jump outside, but instead they stay put. They're on a clock because there's just 10 left on the play clock. Broncos now showing blitz. Downing in the backfield. Two receivers to the left, including Klaus in the slot. McDonald drops back. He's going to throw deep over the middle of the field. Top Atticus Klaus breaks, uh, nearly breaks the tackle, spins down inside the five-yard line. Wonderful speed there by the senior receiver. Looked like that ball was thrown just a bit too far, but he went and got it. Caught it as it was about to hit the ground and then kept running all the way down to the four-yard line. First and goal. This could be a back-breaking touchdown for the Bron- or for the Greyhounds against the Broncos. Yeah, just a great, great play by Klaus, you know, and, and the great throw by McDonald to deliver the first down and, and a big blow for the Broncos' defense. But, you know, we need a huge stop, you know, and force the, the Greyhounds to kick the field goal and, and maybe even get a turnover, you know. It, it's not over for the Broncos' defense. We've made a lot of big plays this season. McDonald? And off downing up the gut, pushes his way forward. He's got two or three yards down to the one. 10 20 to play as Carmel goes over 300 yards. And the play calling has been really pretty darn good for Carmel tonight because they know when to either just take it up the gut, run it. I think the play call earlier on the read option where McDonald's able to take it himself from third down was brilliant. And then they know when to throw deep, and it's worked in their favor many times, not many times tonight, but when they do it, it's worked for them tonight. Yeah, and especially the second half, they've come out and made a lot of adjustments and just really driven hard against this Broncos defense. McDonald at the one-yard line in the pistol, handoff downing, and pushes forward, but he's pushed backwards. It'll be third and goal. Great job by the Broncos defense. Just met him and just downing, trying to push forward, but the Broncos defense did not give up, stopped him at the goal line, and we've got a chance. Third and goal at the one. They'll look to the sideline as McDonald and company, and now they're going to huddle up as they as the play clock has just now started. A little bit late on the play clock to start. Now they'll break the huddle with 16 left on that play clock, which stands to their right in this south end zone here at Carmel Stadium. McDonald the shotgun again, or the pistol again, behind him Dylan Downing, the sophomore running back. Broncos showing blitz and worked perfectly. Touchdown, Greyhounds. They did the play fake through to Zach Bradley, the tight end and fullback, a senior, getting a touchdown reception from one yard out in what is looking to shape up for another Carmel sectional championship, 30-14 to 14 out of the score. I don't even know if Bradley had, had any receptions the whole season. He's not even listed on these stats. So probably his first reception of the season and, and the senior, you know, of course, wants to keep his playing career alive. The, the Greyhounds able to answer back to the Broncos and able to to extend this lead now 31 to 14 after the extra point. The extra point is up and good. 9:03 to play 
And the Greyhounds take control of this game. It's 31 to 14. Broncos still a lot of football to be played, though. Nine minutes to go here from Carmel City. We'll take a 30 second break and be back. This is Bronco Football on WJES. Hello, it's me, the designer jeans in the back of your closet. What happened to us? I used to summer in the Hamptons, and now I'm stuck behind a pair of sweats. Okay, maybe I never really fit you right, but I got a lot more Sunday fun days left in me. So take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. We're back here from Carmel Stadium. The Carmel Greyhounds just scored a touchdown to extend the lead to 31-17 here with nine minutes and three seconds left in the fourth quarter. Carmel setting up to kick from their own 40-yard line. Connor Coglin on the kickoff and back deep the Bronco Trio. As this sort of the end over end kick, it'll be taken about the 18 yard line. And Bishop Johnson taken down to 28. Still 8.58 to go, but Broncos really need to get in gear here as they trail by 17 points. And interesting to point out, this is the most points that Carmel has scored since a 38 to 14 win back on September 15th. And it's tied for the second point, second most points they scored all season. They scored 31 in a uh, second week win over Noblesville, but this is an offense that is, I mean, obviously when you're playing in the mix, the best conference yeah. in the state, it, it's going to be tough and you're going up against Ben Davis and Warren Central and Lawrence Central, but their offense has opened it up a little bit tonight. And this is just the second 6A opponent the Broncos have faced all year. It's Carmel defending 6A champs, 8.58 away from another sectional championship. Wilkerson in the backfield, 2-2 two, two, is left, 2-2 two to his right. Munoz is the running back. First down, complete. And that's a first down for Brian Jenkins up to the 46-yard line. Broncos moving quickly in the no huddle. Nice throw to start the drive by Matt Wilkerson. The Broncos have been getting the passing game going here in the, in the last couple of drives, and hopefully we can keep it going and, and go pretty quick and answer Carmel right back. Brown in motion once again. Wilkerson steps up, same play, and another completion. And this time it's into Carmel territory. Brian Jenkins once again down to the 35-yard line of Carmel. Gutsy play on a little post route up the middle. Nice nice play there. Wilkerson with the throw in traffic. And Brian Jenkins able to haul it in and hold on for the first down. And Jenkins to the left once again. Wilkerson the shotgun, three to his right. Nobody in the backfield this time. And the pressure comes. This time quick screen, big complete. At the feet of Brian Jenkins, he couldn't crowd and it's probably a good thing he didn't because it still would have been second down and 10, but the clock would be running. 8.23 to play. A lot of work for the Broncos still to do here, but they've, after the first two possessions, which only went six plays, now we've got an offensive, couple offensive linemen out to the left, just three down linemen at the, uh, near the ball, two to the left. And Munoz jumped. We've seen this formation in college a little bit where you spread out offensive linemen to the edge of the field that we can get blockers on the edge. Looks like they were going to go for Jenkins again, but instead it's a five-yard loss, second down and 15. Broncos moving the wrong way on offense back to the Carmel 40-yard line. They'll go with the same formation, though. Three down linemen 
4-3 down lineman right at the ball for the Broncos. So Wilkes is going to have to get this out quick. He does, and it's tipped away incomplete. Read beautifully by Tommy Spratt, who's been picked on a little bit tonight. He had a pass interference earlier, got beat a couple times, but he was sick of that and went up and broke it up. Third down and 15, and it's obviously four down territory here, down 17 points. So I think even the Broncos, you'd love to get that 15 back, but you at least want to make it fourth down and manageable. Yeah. We really need a big play, you know. We had a couple big plays open up this drive, so, you know, hopefully another one like that. And Carmel jump us through to Jeff. So they'll move it five yards back. I think it, maybe in, in the college ranks, that might have even been a, a penalty on the defense where the, right. the, the defense moving forces the offense to move, but it was right about the same time. And so they'll get right guard for the Broncos, Kellon Williams, the six foot senior. On the penalty, third down and 20. Now it's just getting tougher. 8-19 to play. Wilkerson, two to the left, three to the right. Carmel showing blitz. They'll bring five. Steps up, throws deep downfield. Man has a step, and Siegel is complete. Ball was thrown a little behind Siegel. Good coverage on the play. I think Siegel had a, maybe a step on him, but Wilkerson just a little bit under on the throw. Yeah, short-armed it a little bit. If he hits him in stride, that might be six. Yeah. And now it's fourth down and 20. 8-14 to play. And the Broncos staying alive here in this wonderful run of a 2017 season. Has to be extended on this play by a gain of 20 or more. Just three down linemen and a whole bunch of secondary members in for Carmel. As Wilkerson, with five on the play clock, will get the play call, but he has to go. Two on the play clock. Play clock is dead, and there goes the flag. They blow it dead. It's going to be a delay game. Don't really know. I mean, usually the Bronco defense or the Bronco offense is just, you know, always quick up to the line and and just very slow and take the delay of game penalty. So, you know, costly penalty there. That's just five extra yards you had to get. And, you know, we had a couple big plays open this drive and, and then a couple costly penalties. And now it's fourth and 25 at the Cromwell 49-yard line. Almost back in their own territory. So it would take a huge play here as the cornerbacks are playing about 11 yards off the ball. Wilkerson takes a snap. Blitz still coming. Wilkerson rolls out, steps up. He's going to heave it downfield, and that is going to be through the hands, incomplete. Nearly intercepted by Mark Allen, the senior cornerback, and I thought for a split second that Siegel was going to be able to get that off the uh, as the clock is still running at 8.04. Clock needs to stop. I don't really know why the bill running is 7:58. Is they'll need to put back about 10 seconds as it ran after the play was over. 7:58 though, but I don't think it really matters much now as Carmel has it at midfield, just behind midfield, still in their own territory, 31 to 14. Great effort though on the play by Matt Wilkerson to keep the play alive. Bo Robbins, you know they held him up a little bit. But Bo Robbins was able to get in there. Wilkerson with a little sidestep to avoid him and injured outfield and almost got it into the hands of Siegel, but not good enough. And Carmel will take the ball first and 10 at their own 49-yard line. They will put 14 seconds back on the clock here to 8-11. As the Broncos showing blitz on first down, but now Walks will back up into coverage. Klaus coming in motion as McDonald in the pistol. Hand off, two down, it goes to the left. 
accelerates, tackled by Peyton Price. The pressure with a very bright future for Jeff. Gain of seven, seven and a half. Under eight minutes now, and you know Carmel, they've had injury issues this year. I heard uh, earlier this year they, they had about 20 players injured. I don't know how many of those guys are key contributors, but you're bound to have more injuries and you've got more kids, yeah. and this is the... I'm sure it has to be the largest roster in the state. It's the largest school in the state by a mile. Um, but to get to get another week. Especially, too, when you're playing the team that Carmel plays with, you know, the bigger guys, you're, you're bound to have more injuries. Like For that. sure. McDonald, the pistol once again, the handoff to Downing, and he's got the first down, spins ahead to the 37-yard line. First down, 7-19 to play. And we've got a hurt Bronco. Number 28. Seth Jones. And he is on all fours right near the ball. Pounds his fist into the turf. And it's tough to see a senior linebacker go down. Yeah. I mean, all, the Broncos have just given a tremendous effort all night long, you know. Really hung in for a long time. And, you know, obviously this game not over, you know. When a team is 10-0 like the Broncos, you you have some circumstances in the season where, you know, it, it doesn't look like you're going to win games. And, and we had a circumstance like that last week. And, you know, obviously, we you know, I don't think the Broncos have been down this much all season. But, you know, you never know. It's been a miracle season all season long for the Broncos. And, and 7-19 left, the Broncos, something can happen, get a turnover or something real quick. And, you know, we, we've still got time left. But, I mean, a tremendous effort. Both sides of the ball, really. I mean, 227 passing yards for the Broncos. You know, I, I don't think we were really expecting that. You know, we we expected more heavy rush game for the Broncos. And, and uh, you know, the rushing game has struggled. And, obviously, that's going to happen when you face a defensive line as big as Carmel. But, you know, just both sides of the ball really just put up an amazing effort and, and great fight so far against Carmel. And, and hopefully we get seven minutes and 19 seconds more of that fight. As you mentioned, 7-19 is Seth Jones has helped off the field, favoring one leg as he will go to the bench. And unfortunate if, if he's not able to get back into the game. As he is the uniform on for the final time in a Bronco uniform tonight. Potentially if the Broncos are not able to come back at this one is it's looking less and less likely but a remarkable season for Jeff will have much more time to uh, to talk about but still seven minutes to go in this ball game McDonald the pistol downing be behind him as the Broncos show blitz McDonald making adjustments to the line of scrimmage Klaus on an island to the left and they've loved to look to him but instead they'll hand off to downing he goes to the left drags the defender forward and it's a gain of six well-balanced attack for Carmel tonight. Now about 175 or six rushing yards to complement 154 passing yards. 330 total. Broncos, 248 total yards of offense. There's 21 on the ground, and that's a little bit skewed with the sacks, but still, after the dominant rushing that we've seen all season by the Thunder and Lightning of Marquise Munoz and Latrell Brown, you really love to get more from that rushing tonight and able to yeah. diversify your offense and, and then go downfield with the shots. But either way, 6-17 and counting. McDonald brings class across the formation from left to right. And up to Downing, he'll go to the right. Patient runner and absorbs a big hit. 
inside the 25 to the 23 yard line. They'll move the chains again, 606 to play. Carmel trying to put the cherry on top of this one. You know, 31 to 14, clock running with now six minutes to go in the fourth quarter. I think they're trying to run more clock than they are, but they're they're moving the ball successfully, and so they have yeah. to keep going up the line. Yeah. As there's 5:50 to go now. Here on WJEF in Lafayette, we are in Carmel tonight for Broncos sectional final action. Broncos trail the Hounds 31 to 14. McDowell drops back and he's hit as he throws and diving catch wow. down to the one yard line. Atticus Klaus. And once again, it looked like he wasn't going to be able to catch up to it, but he used his speed, the perfect amount of touch from the senior quarterback who takes a shot, and he's limping a little bit as he comes up down to the one-yard line, but Klaus goes and gets it, first down and goal. And that was just an amazing play by Atticus. Klaus went super late on the dive and able to make the catch at the one-yard line. Just, I mean, looked like it was overthrown a little bit after – McDonald took the hit, but Atticus Klaus, man, that was just a great play. Someone needs to send that in the sports center. <laughs> McDonald, man, we got a flag down. And it's going to be a timeout on Carmel. They threw a flag just to kind of alert the other officials of what was going on. As first and goal at the one-yard line, 5.08 to play in this ball game. And the Greyhounds lead 31 to 14, and it, it might—I hate to say it—it it might have been a little bit of a late hit there on McDonald, and he was able to to get to get into the huddle. I think he's going to stay in the game, but he he was limping a little bit. Yeah. And you would hate to see that for the senior quarterback, but he seems to be okay. Yep. Yeah. And just a little bit of frustration for the Broncos, perhaps. But as like a good good, good call. Quarterback number 17, Gabe Quigley, who actually had um, started the last couple games. He is getting his helmet on and getting into the timeout huddle for the Greyhounds. So we'll see whether they want they will go with McDonald or bring in the sophomore Gabe Quigley. And I think you know as, as we we trail by 17 here with just over five minutes to go and Carmel threatening. I, you know it's not looking good for the Broncos, but what a fantastic season it's been. Just the second year yeah. after Pat Shanley took the job when he's only 30 years old yeah. and. To, for him to, to come from a program like Ben Davis, who just won the 6A championship in, in mm-hmm. 2014, for him to take a chance, become become an offensive coordinator at, at a school that had just gone 1-9. Uh, didn't expect to be hired as the head coach just a year later, but he has taken the Broncos to the heights that they hadn't seen. First 10 win in, in a long time. First 10 win season in 11 years. As the handoff up the middle, Dylan Downing into the end zone, touchdown Carmel. One yard out. Goes number two, a 5'11", 210-pound sophomore running back. How about that? 5'11", 210, sophomore. One yard out goes Dylan Downing with 5'05 to go. And that's a cherry on top of a what's looking like a Carmel sectional championship. I mean, just, you know, the score might not show it. You know, now sitting at 37 to 14, but, you know, just outstanding effort, you know, by the Broncos just – Great job all night long, you know, just a Carmel team that's, that's just bigger than them. You look at these Carmel guys, and these are just grown men out here, you know, and, and guys with D1 offers, and Jeff has not seen a team like this 
all, all year no. long. And, and, and that's a little bit of the tough part of the HC, or of the NCC schedule. Is yeah. It's the only 6A school in the entire conference, so yeah. it kind of makes sense. You know, Obviously, they were down it this year, but it also makes sense they were able to go and be in the regular season when you're playing smaller schools. Now, that's a great fit for a conference. Yeah. A lot of 4A schools in basketball, traditional powers in basketball, and, and, and it's it's better than, than the HCC. Yeah. Certainly for, for the three for the three Lafayette schools that have had some found some football success, but uh, it, it does become tough when you're paired up in the sectional. They're yeah. the only six A school really in between the Indianapolis area and the region in the Fort Wayne area. They're yeah. kind of that 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 one school in between. And so, do you get forced up as, as they did a few years ago with the the Merrillvilles and and the Lake Centrals of, of the state? Yeah. Or do you come down and face the schools that they've traditionally been in the sectional with, Carmel, Westfield, the past been this year, Noblesville as well. So it's tough when you're, as you had a penalty, it looks like, on the uh, on, on the extra point attempt. So back to the 25-yard line, so a 15-yard penalty. If you Missed look at that. it, too, you know, that's just bad luck on Jeff's part, mm-hmm. too, you know. As you said, you know, back when they were in 6A last time, they were in the sectional with Northwest, in Northwest Indiana. And looking at that sectional, you know, not a, not as strong or sure as this sectional in had the Broncos been in that sectional, we probably would have won that sectional this mm-hmm. year. And I mean, just just tough luck. I probably the the effect that put Carmel Jeff in this sectional was that Cathedral moved back down to five A this year. So this they'll try to reverse on the kickoff as Johnson will be tackled at the thirty-five yard line. As Jay Siegel caught that initially and then handed off on looks like a little bit of reverse. 35-yard line, 4.57 to go for the Broncos. A lot of talent will graduate from this Jeff squad, and that's what you hate to see. Yeah. And you love to see guys move on, obviously. But yeah. it is tough for next year when you're going to lose Matthew Wilkerson, Avery Walker, Latrell Brown, and the list goes on and on. Cedric Wright Enlow as well. Jay Siegel. Jay Siegel, yeah. of course. But uh, you know, also a very bright future for Jeff when you when you look at the results of, of the, the lower level this year. Yeah. I know, you know, hearing around school, the freshman team won the conference. The JV team won the conference. You know, the JV team went undefeated. The, the varsity team, of course, undefeated until, you know. First down, pass out to the right. Until the end of the season, probably. The, Big hit by Mark Allen. The, the and side, fifth and sixth grade team went undefeated. The, and, you know, the fifth and eighth grade the freshmen and the JV teams and, and varsity teams have a combined four losses so far this season, you know, so just you know, a lot of talent coming up for the Broncos. Wilkerson the takes a snap, steps up in the pocket, throws deep across the middle of the field, complete, and Bishop Johnson will go down at the, in the Greyhound logo at the 45-yard line into Carmel Territories to stop the clock with 424 and move James. Great throw there by Matt Wilkerson to complete the pass to Bishop Johnson, now up to 247 yards passing on the day for Matthew Wilkerson, just so outstanding effort. And we're going to have a wide receiver pass as Bishop Johnson, the lefty, heaves it downfield, caught by Jay Siegel inside the 15-yard line, breaks a tackle, he's into the end zone, touchdown Broncos! I play there on the the trickery with the backwards uh, pass to Bishop Johnson, and then Johnson heaved it up. Jay Siegel able to run under it to make the catch, break a tackle, and get the touchdown for the Broncos. So just you know, great effort on the drive. You know, the, um, you know the Broncos aren't giving up. You know, we cut it to 
most likely out of this game, but just you love to see the fight, you know, in any sport. You know, you love to see a team never give up all the way to the end, and that's been the story of the Broncos all season long. That's why currently they're sitting at 10-0. They, they give a lot of effort every single game. Marquez slips. And you hope he's not hurt. He slipped on the extra point attempt, and the, the ball just went to the back of his offensive line. And so that will be no good. The, the Bronco center is talking with the referee along with Zion Austin. And you hope Marquez is okay as he jogs the sideline. So 38-20, to 4.03 to play. But the trickery, I love it. I, I love it with the wide yeah. receiver pass. And a really pretty good throw and an even better adjustment in the air for Siegel to come back to it then spun off a tackle and then jogged into the end zone. So 4.03 to play. And the Broncos trail 38-20. to 20. And now you got to think that Yakabaki is on for an onside kick attempt. You were talking about, you know, Coach Shanley, too, when he's coming to Jeff from a team like Ben Davis. You know, I, I remember hearing him talk about, you know, People telling you when he, he decided to go to Jeff, you know, you can't win there. You know, that that's and, – and at the time, that was a team that had not won many games in the last few years. And, you know, and, and Shane Lee took that challenge. and, and It's worked out well. As they come in on the outside kick, so but recovered by Atticus El- – or Aiden Ellison, excuse me. Not Atticus Klaus. And Carmel will take over just near their – just in their own territory at the 49-yard line, and the the Broncos never got the bounce on the on the onside kick that they wanted to, and, and Ellison was able to cover. So 4:03 to play. Broncos at 292 passing yards, but the rushing game never got going, and Carmel, as they want to do, just chipped and chipped and chipped away, and all of a sudden they're up 38 to 14. So quickly now into the game, McDonald walking on the sideline. You hope he's okay, or maybe this is just getting your back up, some experience. Probably the latter with, with, a, with an 18-point yeah. lead. As Quigley will hand it off and cut to the outside. Gabe Davis down the sideline and out of bounds the 25-yard line. Gabe Davin, excuse me, a 5'7 sophomore. Looked to be dead to rights at the line of scrimmage, but bounced it outside and gets a gain of about uh, 27 yards. Davin, Davin with a little bit of action all season long. He's had, so far this season, he's had 14 carries for 45 yards. So, and Davin able to make the great play and get the first down for the Greyhounds. The clock will not start as it is the backup skill players in for Carmel. But the clock not starting as it, he did go out of bounds on the first down, 27 yards. Pencil formation quickly hands it off. To Davin and gain of three or four up to the 21 yard line. I'll give him three. Yeah, you just, I mean, you just have to love the effort from the Broncos. They just, they haven't given up all game long. And, you know, even though this game is probably out of reach, they're still fighting hard. And, you know, they know not a lot of football left on the season and they just want to have fun every second of this game. They're not just running vanilla plays either, as we saw with the trick play. Second down and seven, three sixteen to go. Wiggly takes the snap, hands off to Davin. He goes to the left side. He's got a big hole. Oh, just tripped up at the five-yard line, and it'll be first and goal. 
He has a lot of speed on him. He's, he finds some open room, you know, and it, and he takes off. You know, the, the big run to open the drive and that run there, he just he just took off. The future bright for both of these programs. A lot of talent on both sides, but I think for Jeff, you're also open a little bit to get to get moved out of a Carmel sectional. Yeah, they've just they they've ended so many good Bronco teams over the years. Quigley. In the shotgun, first and goal from the six. 240 to play, handoff to Avon. Jukes a man and is brought down, a drag backwards. Play will be blown dead as he never went down, but Broncos did let up. You, you've got to know, too, that, I mean, and, and it's obvious, you know, this is just a traditionally just outstanding football program here at Carmel. Uh, Carmel. You know, Coach John Herbert sitting at 26 and 11 in his third season, and before him, was uh, Coach Wright, who had an outstanding career at Carmel, and is now at IMG Academy in Florida, you know, the, the number two team in the nation. So, you know, obviously a great coach before that. And he's also the son of Coach Bud Wright, who's been at Sheridan for 50 years and has the most wins of all time. So, you know, an, an outstanding program at, Car- at Carmel. So, you know, not not – you know, a bad loss for the Broncos at all. You know, the Broncos have their, you know, head out of here with their heads up. You know, they had a great season. I think after last season, you know, we were they were six and four, an okay season. You know, a winning record, and you know, but there were points in the season like the Broncos lost, you know, forty-five to three to McCutcheon, and forty to eight to Harrison. You know, nobody expected the Broncos to come out and and go. Th- Nine and zero in the regular season, defeat Westfield in the first round of sectionals, and even put up a competitive first half against Carmel. So certainly nothing to nothing to put your head down about for the Broncos. And they used that motivation in the offseason as they brought in a new strength conditioning coach. Yeah, uh, a, a really tough program. They used that motivation that yeah we we had a good end of the season at six and four, but not where we want to be, and especially yeah. not losing like they did forty to eight to Harrison and yeah. forty five to three to McCutcheon. They turned that around this year. They beat uh, they beat the Mavericks by a score of 28 to 10, and, and then they beat Harrison in a wild one, 49-39 at Ross State Stadium. But yeah. they'll use this loss as motivation after a 10, and what will will end up being a 10 and one season in the sectional final. But still 152 to play. Broncos trail by 18. They took a timeout after the third down run, which also went for no gain. Quigley in the pistol formation. Davin the running back, and Quigley kept it himself. And lost a yard. It'll be fourth down, and the Broncos take their second timeout. And Britton Chandler with the good tackle there is quickly held on. The read option is, is a very tough play yeah. to, to, to read. I mean, you're reading a defensive mm-hmm. end, you're reading a linebacker, and you have to be decisive with your read, whether to give it to your halfback. And if you are giving it to your halfback, you have to have a good, uh, good exchange there. If not, you've got to pull it out and keep it yourself. And quickly. Wasn't quite sure, and then got tripped up. Yeah. And, you know, speaking about that strength and conditioning coach, Coach Dunkel, a, uh, Coach Greg Dunkel, actually his brother, Coach Chris Dunkel, an offensive line coach for the Broncos. But Coach Greg Dunkel came over this offseason and really worked hard with the Broncos. And now, you know, um, you know, I play for the baseball team at Jeff, and, and baseball along with the basketball teams work a lot with Coach Dunkel, and he just does such a great job and 
and you know the players bought in and worked very hard and you've seen the work pay off all season long for the Broncos and just 24 yard field goal attempt from Coughlin is up and it is good minute 41 to play Carmel now their highest scoring output of the season 41 to 20. They lead the Broncos by 21 points. We've got an injured Greyhound on the ground. And the fight song plays for Carmel. And the Carmel coaching staff upset with the referees. There is a Carmel Greyhound still down. 41 to 20. The Broncos will get the ball back. 101 seconds to play. And Carmel, unless something went completely crazy in that Snyder Carroll game, will be traveling to Fort Wayne to take on the Snyder Panthers next week. We'll check in on that score as the injured Greyhound tended to final 52 to 14. So Snyder, a, uh, a powerhouse up in the northwest part of the state, mm-hmm. has well, helped off the field. Also moving up to class six this season, but they've just they've just ran over teams in Fort Wayne. Just now up to 11 and 0 on the season, and you know Fort Wayne Snyder. The, the close second favorite to Ben Davis to win the state final. So that will be, you know, a great game for the Greyhounds next week up at Fort Wayne Snyder. And you hate to see an injured Greyhound there, but it's Caleb Schaefer able to come off the field under his own power. And he is a big offensive lineman, 6'5", 275. I think he'll be getting some looks. Play college ball as he so chooses. As also another final McCutcheon season comes to an end with a 37-7 to loss to the Wildcats of Kokomo. Kokomo playing some great football. They, you know, they last week played Harrison. They lost to Harrison in the regular season. They defeated Harrison in the close one, and, and you know they lost previously to McCutcheon in the regular season. And they, you know, obviously defeated McCutcheon. Seems like sounds like it was pretty, pretty handily. High end over end kick will be taken by Jay Siegel. They'll fake the reverse this time. Siegel going to the far side, but not a lot of room, and he's going to be taken down at the 11-yard line. Oh, he did He did give it off to a teammate down the sideline. He's got the kicker to beat, and tackled by the kicker is J.J. Lee. Really Remarkable job by Jay Siegel to uh, get it off right as he's getting tackled to his teammate, and the kicker made the tackle at Fortier. 127 to play. Broncos trail 41 to 20. Also, one of the final. What a battle it was. Ben Davis, 36. Warren Central, 29. So, wow. number one survives against number three as Ben Davis's march to Lucas Oil Stadium continues. But you have to think Ben Davis is going to win the state now. I mean, they are the heavy favorites. I mean, as in the backfield is Wilkerson. Three to the left in a trips formation. Two to the right. Steps up in the pocket, throws incomplete uh, across the middle, drops by Johnson. He was hit as the ball came in by Carmel DB Kyle Lozen, a linebacker, excuse me, a sophomore. The 123 to play in the Broncos season. They are 313 total yards, 20 points, but not enough against the powerhouse Carmel. It's going to improve to seven and four. And it's important to remember, you look at their Five and five regular season record. Well, it's not, or five and four regular season record. That's not that impressive. Well, last year they had the same. As the snap goes through Wilkerson's feet, he picks it up. He's going to roll to the right, and he's going to not get back to the line of scrimmage, but a better play than it looked like it was going to be when it when the snap first came. But 
Last year, Carmel was 5-4 and four in the regular season. They ended up winning the 6A state championship. Long way to go here for them in their state championship run, but they've won it eight times. They know what it means. They know how to do it. Under a minute now, and it's third down and 15 at the 39-yard line. Wilkinson in the shotgun. Still a solid contingent of Bronco fans on the far sideline. Wilkerson, pressure coming. He's sacked. The defensive line, just a little bit too much tonight from the Greyhounds. Multiple future college players, and that's uh, Brooks Radcliffe, a 6'1 senior, getting a sack back to the 21, or fourth and 21, back to the 33 yard line. Broncos don't have to run a play as Matthew Wilkerson, Jay Siegel, and number 22, Latrell Brown, all seniors, embrace their head coach, Pat Shanley. It'll come to an end here tonight, a 10-1 season, and the Carmel Greyhounds win their sixth straight sectional championship. That is a record sectional title for Carmel. They're 29th overall. They win 41 to 20 tonight here from Carmel Stadium against the Jeff Broncos. 10 and 1, the season ends for Jeff. We'll take a 30 second break and be back to wrap it up here from Carmel Stadium on WJEF. Chris, you're not acting like a grown-up in our relationship. M2, M2. There's your comic book collection, the race car bed. I'm young at heart, but I put money into my 401k every paycheck. I'm taking control over my financial life, and that feels pretty grown-up to me. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. Are those footy pajamas? This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. We're back here from Carroll Stadium. The Broncos football season has come to an end, but a remarkable season. A remarkable season for the Broncos as they finish 10 and 1 in sectional four runner ups to a great team, the Carmel Greyhounds. And Sam, what do you what were, what are your thoughts about the game from the Broncos? There's too much depth from Carmel and uh they they fought hard throughout the game and uh, it, it was a well fought game I and mean, they led it eight to seven at one point they had a chance to take the lead before halftime I think the period between the end of the first half and then the start of the second half was really what doomed the Broncos when you go from that interception the three and out the field goal they they held in the field goal but it made it a two possession game and then another three and out and a touchdown and by that point Jeff was was really in a bind and never able to come back because they, they they continued fighting they scored a touchdown in that fourth quarter a uh, a 45-yard touchdown pass from from uh, from Bishop Johnson to Jay Siegel. Jay Siegel kept fighting all the way through the game. Matthew Wilkerson kept fighting all the way through the game, even though he took some hits. And the rush game never got going for the Broncos. A lot of those 10 yards, uh, you know, they would have had more and more for the sacks, but only 10 yards on the ground. That's not going to cut it if you're going to beat a, a program like Carmel. And and Carmel showed its showed its teeth there. They're, uh, they're Carmel. They've got over 5,000 kids. Yeah. They haven't split into a second high school, I think, because they're so dominant in sports, and they've got the they've got the room to do it. They've got such a massive high school. So they showed why they have eight state championships tonight and, and, and their fifth straight sectional championship, the 29th overall. But the Broncos have to keep their heads held high, and it, it's a really tough way to end the season as, as most of these seniors, the majority of these seniors, will will not play football again. This is the last time they'll, they'll play a, a – a, 
a tackle football game. So, yeah, Carmel receiving a sectional championship trophy near the sideline as they are jumping up and down are the Carmel Greyhounds. But, you know, going back to Jeff, that's a, that's a, that's a tough pill to swallow. It's the last time you're going to you're gonna take off those shoulder pads and, and, and take off the helmet. So, um, Pat Shanley's got to regroup this team. He, he's obviously got a lot of talent in the pipeline. And, and and look at what look at what you can do better. Um, but but Carmel played a great game and, and deserved to win this game. They went 41 to 20. Christian, your thoughts? Yeah, I think I mean I talked about it. You know, towards the end of the game, just a a great fought game by the Broncos. Just I mean you you, you really can't even stop talking about it. You know, just hard effort. You know, the first half was just back and forth the whole half, and you know Broncos had some unfortunate mistakes and were down. You know, 14 to eight at half, but and, and unfortunately, this Carmel team just wore them down. And but a hard-fought game all night long. You know, you nothing to hang their heads about. Just we'll take you quickly through the scoring summary and the yards. As overall yardage, Carmel gains 406, 230 of those on the ground, 176 through the air. Matthew Wilkerson passed for 292 yards, but just 10 rushing yards for 302 total. Kamari Hunt got the scoring going. It was a 62-yard run. Just over a minute 30 into the game as Carmel took a 7-0 lead. The next drive, Jeff came back as Zion Austin. One-yard touchdown run for Matthew Wilkerson following a pass interference on fourth down. Marquise Munoz trick two-point conversion, 8-7. That was the only Broncos lead they would have all night. A first play of the second half uh, resulted in a miss, or first of the second quarter resulted in a missed 29-yard field goal for Carmel. However, on their next drive, a 24-yard touchdown pass from Jake McDonald to Aiden Nelson made a 14-8. An interception in the end zone with just 11 seconds left in the first half stopped the Broncos' chances to take the lead going into the halftime break. They came out of halftime, a three and out, led to a 22-yard field goal that made it 17-8 with 7.34 to play in the third quarter. A little over three minutes later, an eight-yard touchdown pass to the dominant receiver, Atticus Klaus, who was just able to go up and get everything. He's just six foot, but very speedy. He had an eight-yard touchdown catch that made it 25-8. Then with 42 seconds left in the third quarter, Siegel caught a 16-yard touchdown pass. That made 22-4 to 14 after the two-point conversion was no good. Carmel tried to return it back for two points of their own, but that rule doesn't apply in high school as it does in the college game. A one-yard run made it 31-14 to 14 for Zach Braden with 9.03 to go in the game. Dylan Downing made it 38-14 to 14 with another one-yard run. And then a trick play, 45 yards, cut the lead to 18, but after an onside kick was not recovered, Carmel took the short field and took advantage a field goal to cap the scoring off for this one. Christian, your final thoughts? Oh, just an outstanding season by the Broncos, 10-1. and one. You, you really couldn't have asked for much more from the Broncos than just a hard-fought game. Great, you know, not the result the Broncos wanted, but still great way to, to finish it off for the Broncos. And, and you know, I, I think even though the Broncos didn't win, I think this game, you know, made Bronco Nation proud that we came. And, and competed with the biggest school in the state and, and showed them, you know, you, you can't take Lafayette easily. You know, we have we, we can play, you know, some sports and, and some football. So, you know, just just great game, you know, for Bronco football. And, and you know, tough to see the season come to an end, but just outstanding season by the Broncos. A bright future ahead, and it really started when Brian Moore was hired. After a 1-9 and nine season, they turned around with 8-3, and three, and people were excited about Bronco football again. They took a little bit of a setback last year after losing some talent, but still went 6-4, and four, rebounded well, 
and really the most excitement that's been around Bronco football in, I think, 11 years. I yeah. think back to the Timmy Fogarty-led teams back in 2006 that they won 10 games. Even before that, the Dustin Keller teams with the Blaho George yeah. era when, when they last won their sectional. So Bronco football revitalized. You see people in the stands. You see people talking about it. And it's a huge credit to, to the athletic department, the coaching staff, and obviously the players as well. So Bronco football season ends. Now we think about basketball season. Yeah. Coach Scott Radiker and his Broncos will have uh, many of their games here on the airways of Jeff 92. We thank you so much for listening. For Christian Maggio, Sports Director WJF, Class of 2020. From Sports Director, Class of 2012, I'm Sam Rumson. This has been Bronco Football on WJF. Broncos fall tonight to the Carmel Greyhounds, 41-20. to Thank you so much for listening.